Hey everybody, this is Jacob, one of the co-hosts on the Back to Back Films podcast. I'd like to take this moment to talk to you guys about Film is Truth, a video rental store in Bellingham, Washington. I had a hard time finding a movie that I was supposed to watch for a class. Uh, The movie was a celebration. It wasn't on any of the video streaming services or on DVD.com. But they had it at Film is Truth, and they had a wonderful staff that helped me find the movie and others that I wanted to watch. It's located in the Terra Organica market, so you can get your films and your groceries in one go. So give them a shot and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Back to Back Films podcast. This week, we're talking about the Steadicam with Marathon Man and The Shining. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. And I am Jacob. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Uh, all right. How are, you guys, how are you guys doing? Dude, I'm still high from, uh, from Roger Deakins' win. Hell oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Deakins won an Nerd. Oscar, finally. I, I did my Oscar ballot. We had an Oscar drinking party, and it, everything we got right, we got to hand out drinks, and we also had other rules. And at the last second, we had a rule where if we watched all the films, and you you could switch at the last second before they read it. And that was one where I switched to Deacons. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go Deacons because I did didn't have, have them there. Um, I had Dun- Dunkirk. What? Oh, okay. Wait, Come on, man. man. I mean, Dunkirk was cool looking, but... I mean, for cinematography, it was kind of bland. I don't, I don't know. I thought it was really impressive. The, the the technical things behind it, I thought were really cool. Um, so that's why I went for that. But I did switch. See, I sw- I was like, you know what? I'm going. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Blade Runner. You sweet, know? sweet. So I totally got it right. Got to hand out a drink. No one else picked Blade Runner, so I felt really nice. It was nice. nice. It's nice that Blade Runner got some recognition because yeah. it deserves it, and I don't think it's getting the recognition that it actually deserves. Yeah. So, Ironically, they got the two Oscars that are like the most visually important what's Oscars. The other one? You know, VFX and oh, cinematography. Yeah. Oh yeah, VFX. So like for they, sure, yeah. they they swept the the you know the quote like visual. What got sound editing? Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I could go for that one. Still, Blade Runner sound and music was just like pretty epic. It wasn't even nominated for music. Oh, uh, wasn't. What the only the only yeah. one that was surprising for me was I thought Dunkirk should have got the scoring but shape of water got the original score yeah. and i like the score of shape of water but i just felt like dunkirk had that like parts of shape yeah. of water weren't even original though which is what bothers me about that yeah yeah so yeah that's kind of like john williams getting nominated for star wars it's just like you know like i like the new star wars music but i'm not like loving it you yeah. know i don't know it well, just I mean, feels it, weird that he's nominated it, for it, that stuff it's a variation on a theme yeah, you know, like that's what it seems to me. You know, so it almost like they need like an adapted score. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it feels more like an adapted work than an original score. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so shape of okay. So I'm looking at the because I didn't actually really look. Uh, Gary Oldman and Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand deserved that one for sure. Dude, her her um her Oscar speech was awesome too. Was it? Yeah, that she was had cool. like she had like all the women stand up. Like she's so selfless. Nice. Like it was so fucking cool. She she made it about like 
like the women in the audience. You yeah, know? yeah, and nice. which is really cool because they're like inspiring new stories. Yeah, you know. But yet she just fucking Sweet. like owned the stage in her like Frances McDormand way. You know, like oh she, yeah, she's like so semi close to her character in that movie and Fargo. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like it's so funny. Yeah, her she is not that. LA like Hollywood dresser you know no, like polar no. opposite of Emma Stone from last year exactly exactly really really awesome which she was which was there. great because it, it she won the Oscar that kind of represents women you know and she isn't she visually she doesn't look like the typical Hollywood star you know what I mean w- oh, yeah. woman star so it was great that she won that you know I thought it was cool it was like right. Oh man, Paul Macklis deserved best editing for Baby Driver, though for sure. I I hundred percent disagree with that. I thought I I voted Dunkirk, and Dunkirk got it for editing. <laughs> <laughs> editing it. I mean, Baby Driver is really cool. And here's here's my stick: is that the the choreograph the choreography is is really good. That's what's impressive about Baby Driver. The editing is fine, but it's it's not hard to like match that to music it's not hard to do any of that stuff because music uh, mu- music videos do that music videos do that i yeah. i could sit down and do that and but really what was impressive about baby driver was the choreography and how they like went back and made sure it lined up with the song because they're doing these long takes and that's what's impressive if they had like a best choreography oscar i feel like baby driver is in there but i i mean dunkirk just had a way more interesting way to tell the story and a lot of people didn't like it because they thought it was unnecessarily out of order, but I just disagree. I just th- I thought it was great. Yeah, I think nah, I nah, I still am going to back Baby Driver because it takes the planning and coordination behind that and what they did. Yes, the choreography, but it also has to do with, I mean, the editor was the next director essentially on that. Like, he was the next person making calling the big shots on that movie. Whereas Dunkirk, yeah, the storytelling of it, but that storytelling style was not the editing. That was that was in the script. That came from the script itself. So there was nothing about Dunkirk that was like, wow, they really did some crazy-ass editing. No, it was literally just cut from scene to scene to scene. But, I mean, in internally in the scenes, how they deliver the scenes is, is what I'm talking about was really Right, which means Baby Driver did that better. At least in my opinion, Baby Driver in no, the scenes no. delivered that better. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's fine if you think that. Yeah. So. I, 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 the editing category this year, I was a little disappointed in, to be honest. I wanted a little bit of a change. It's not up. great. Like, yeah. I, I, it was like the same, it's like the same films that were nominated for all the other Oscars were nominated for editing when I thought there were other movies that came out this year that had really strong uh, editing that deserved way more recognition and merit like i think that's the problem with the oscars in general they're kind of bland i mean you look scroll through this and it's like the same movies for everything there were some amazing films this last year like i actually yeah i actually i this year it felt like a lot of the winners it was like a good variety of winners i think than other years i know what you mean yeah 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 um i think that if you're if you are nominated for best picture I think that you shouldn't be able to be nominated for anything else. I'm going to throw that opinion out there because it opens up the rest of the categories to be interesting to movies that, I A mean, different aspect, it's the best picture. Yeah. Of course, you're going to be like 
Yeah, you had good editing. If it's best you had picture, good music, then it has to be everything. best of everything, right? So yeah, so the redundancy <laughs> is pointless. Like if your best picture, then you get best picture, best director, best uh, you know actor, actor supporting. And kind then, of, it kind of goes unsaid. And yeah, yeah and then yeah, the yeah, technical yeah. stuff is like, if you didn't get best picture, then you're gonna go into yeah. technical categories and get recognition to films that might not necessarily get it. Because if Shape of Water is in like every fucking category. And it's going to sweep a bunch of the categories. Yeah. That's boring. Yeah. It's super boring to watch an award show where one film sweeps everything. Well, I mean, you have these movies that were, like, critically praised that that the critics fucking loved. Like, the, 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 city of, the Lost City of Z and stuff. Like, these amazing movies. And they don't get nominated for anything. For anything and right. people aren't going to get aren't going to go see them because they weren't Oscar nominated. Because exactly. so many people only watch the big blockbusters and then the quote films that they watch are the only the ones that are nominated for Oscars <laughs> right and, it, oh, and then look at this new trend of bringing the Oscar movies back into theaters like if you could mm-hmm. be nominated mm-hmm. for stuff and they're gonna bring back the movies then you're giving another chance to see yeah. movies that you wouldn't have ever there seen there could be like, more get outs right. yeah you know exactly yeah, yeah. And I like, love that trend I love this trend yeah I think too. it's awesome cause I wouldn't have watched Shape of Water otherwise and I'm just gonna throw my opinion out there because I know Jacob, you really liked it. Did you see it, Byron? I really liked it, but you guys both really I don't, liked it. I I, 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 I was, was rooting for it. For I wasn't best expecting picture. it to be best picture. I'm not opposed to it winning best picture. I honestly thought that three billboards was going to get it just because it's so topical. It's too niche. Though. Yeah, it's too niche. It, it's too. There's it's it's not Oscar Beatty enough, right? But which is kind of why I kind of liked it Me to too. win. But I honestly thought it was going to be like Dunkirk. Or three billboards, because I, th- I, and I, but I was kind of hoping though, to be honest, for Get Out. I was hoping for because Get Out. like Beyond, it would, over everything, like because yeah. it, it would have been crazy. Yeah, like yeah. Get Out and Phantom Thread, because I thought that Phantom Thread might have been one of those ones that that was going to be like a black sheep. Like I really thought that it might surprise everybody. I can't believe it know? even got on the list. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's Daniel Day Lewis and Paul Thomas Anderson. The Academy right. loves them so yeah. much. It was almost like like it was it was like giving Meryl Streep a nomination. Yeah, too. You know yeah, what I mean? True. But uh, I just want to say, with Shape of Water, very overrated. I uh, so let me preface this by saying I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. It was not a bad movie. It was good. It was like th- I think three and a half or four or something is what I gave it. But it's so overrated, dude, and so like Oscar Beatty, like. Yeah, there's a there's the twist and the fact that it's like a fucking you know anthropomorphic like fish dude thing, and it's like a kind of this weird interracial like you know interspecies thing and kind of a comment but or it, whatever on that. But like everything else about it was so standard, was so obvious. The plot was so obvious. Like literally, yeah. he didn't do anything spectacular with that story besides tell a very traditional plot. I mean. You you could look at it as she is, like, a weird hybrid of one of those creatures, you know? Like, because she's shown being touching water. So it's not necessarily, like, yeah. an interspecies thing as much as it could be, like, she found, like... Because she's got those her, scars. Her, like, lost love. She yeah. has those scars, and she was found by the river. Which they turn into gills. Yeah. Right. Spoilers. Which those could... Those, yeah, spoilers. Those could actually just be you know, gills that true. she just hadn't used. In a it's true. And ob- obviously they're making her closer to that thing, right? You know, trying to make it so it's a little less just extreme. Yeah. And I like the fact that they made her deaf. 
you know that's so that's a uh, that, nice. that is a community or a group of people that, that is cool. very underrepresented um and i like that i thought that the black and whites i knew there was gonna be one scene where they gave her a voice I was just cringing the whole time because I thought that scene was so bad and I, so dumb. I thought they could have done the I black and... I loved it. I, I hated that, I, dude. I thought that, that was so stupid. It was movie sex, dude. I, I it was thought, movie sex It was scene. so cliche. I like, thought they could have oh done the God, black and white dude. better. Like, like, like the actual... Uh, the aesthetic of it? Yeah, like it looked... It, I'm not going to lie. It kind of looked like they put a filter on it. Probably. It it looked it looked like uh, like old TV, which it was I thought supposed they were going to be. for. It was supposed yeah. to be kind of in yeah, the fifties realm of it, but it still of didn't look like it like where the artists they filmed it in black and white. You know, they shot they lit it like black and white. This one it didn't quite feel like it I don't know. That's like well, it wasn't I'm gonna, like, I wanna have to watch it again. It wasn't like luminance based lighting, is what you're saying? Yeah. Like it felt like they were lighting for color and then maybe later they were like, Oh, let's do black and white. Yeah. Now. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, I, 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 see, I get what you're saying. I, I, there, there was something about it that just didn't see, that didn't like scream authentic to me. But, but then again, I grew up on black and white movies, so I really am fucking picky right. on that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just I found myself kind of getting antsy for the movie to get over towards the end. I felt like the pacing, some parts of the pacing, and some of the structure of the acts was a little funky. I really wanted it to be more horror. I thought. That I really, I was re- because Michael Shannon's character, you saw him do these kind of like quote terrible things. I really thought that like that the monster was going to go like fucking ape shit. Like and that the we cat gonna- scene was more. There should have been more of a foreshadowing yeah. of how he kills. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, but also like where he gets lost and he starts like killing <clears throat> not only the bad guys but some innocent people yeah. too. And that's b- due to the nature of him being someone that's not a human that's true you know sure, what i mean like true. and i thought that that could have been a tragedy that it's this true. tragedy where like you can't tame like the beast right yeah, because right. beauty always tames the beast it's like fuck no you know what i mean yeah. like like he's a he's a creature he's an animal like he he's is, not a he's human. the animal yeah out of everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. so like I, that's what i was hoping dude, for michael shannon's such a boss it didn't yeah, work out awesome. like that but yeah michael shannon he I, made I, the I, movie I oh totally. yeah in in that movie where uh, like the use of teals, you know, and the teals are like connecting your your heart with your mouth, you know, like right. being able to like speak what your heart is, you know. That's yeah. kind of like what teal represents in color theory. And he got a teal car and it totally got busted up. And the second that happened, it was like, oh shit, he's like, he's lost all of his teal, you know, oh, and he's yeah. like going all the way down. And I just, yeah. I loved the use of teals in this movie because like you could trace all the, all of what the characters are doing back to that color yeah like and their motivation based on the the color theory of yeah. teals and I, just, I that for me i was like you just take just take me away Guillermo. <laughs> i like, just really like that color feet. i like that color in general like the teal yeah, sort of cyan. Teal, cyan yeah, yeah. i like that, it's, that color. it's 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 a sexy yeah yeah it's it's a great so, color sort of but like, another shape of the water i honestly thought too that like i tanya should have been thrown in there and shit you know yeah i was surprised i tanya wasn't was it not nommed for best picture uh i don't know I but don't know. weird. I don't but think yeah, so. That was a really good movie. Way better than I ever, ever would have thought it was. Best picture was Shape of Water, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Three Billboards, Get Out, The Post, Call Me by Your Name, Lady Bird. See, The Post shouldn't have been in there. I mean, I, The Post oh, felt the most Oscar baity of. The yeah. Post is spiel is like, oh, it's Spielberg, yeah, it's Spielberg. so we got to give him. Yeah, yeah right. it's like Spielberg, it's like, Tom Hanks, and Streep. <laughs> yeah, know? it's like it's like oh, you're Streep, so you have to have it. And uh, it's like it feels like a ripoff of. Uh, spotlight 
You know yeah, I mean? like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, these like these draw these newspaper yeah. political dramas are right. hot right now. Yeah. So let's let's make it like it feels like chasing. Yeah, like, yeah. like how Jacob the Liar was chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Spielberg to me at this point in his career just feels like he's trying to grasp onto anything to just keep making stuff. He's willing to grasp it's onto so, anything. It's 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 so Spielberg. Bergian or whatever the word is. Yeah. <laughs> like, Spielberg is doing Spielberg, and I hate that. Yeah. He it's doesn't like, know how to be... He's so into his own self he that he doesn't know how to... Out. Yeah. He needs to step out. He needs to step out, you know? He didn't do a war movie till fucking Saving Private Ryan, and... Well, I guess he did Empire he of the Sun. He needs to go indie. He yeah. needs to go... He needs to just step He needs out. to be stripped of the budget. He needs to do, like, a fucking, like, true, like, horror. Like, like, like... like a, I was, yeah, I, I was don't think he needs horror. Just do something I don't something know if different. he needs to do horror. I mean, he did horror with, like, Jaws. Right, right. But... Yeah, well, maybe he Maybe, go back maybe to he roots. could do horror, but all I'm saying is he, Shit, he, could he do needs roots. to be scaled down. <laughs> he needs to be scaled down. He needs to... He needs to... The problem with Spielberg is that... How do you say no to Spielberg? It's a Spielberg movie. Okay, they're gonna pump a ton of money into yeah. it because they know it's gonna make money. He could but do, it's like, yeah, he could it, just... it goes further than that. Like Spielberg, he'll sign up for a movie, and a bunch of other people will sign on, and then he'll be like, "Nah, actually, I'm gonna go do this other thing." And that movie that he signed up on that got this cast and everything, it'll still get made with just like a different director, right? Like John Favreau or Which J.J. Abrams or some other person. Right. That's like kind of like, I I like you, Spielberg, and I, I want to be just like you, and and. And thanks for writing that check. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't. Uh, I'm not putting words in either of those two filmmakers' mouths, but, uh, like Byron. But uh, I, I just think I doubt, he needs to be I doubt down. that's what happened. It's been a long time since Spielberg's been scaled down. So let's let's bring him. Let's have him try mm-hmm. something. Feels like feels else. like he's trying to like he like he does. He isn't doing like the bigger and bigger movies. He is you doing know? bigger and bigger though. I, but like the post, it wasn't like a huge movie. No, but like, he's still, it's not his like movies Nolan are still where, like big, Nolan's though. like, I let's go even larger. You Clear, know? No, certainly I agree. But like stuff like BFG and whatnot, like he, he he's still doing a certain size of movie. I guess he's not pushing the Nolan status of big movie. But I think he needs to just be. I think he needs needs to try something indie. Essentially, yeah. For lack of right. a better term, he needs to just try indie. Um, but anyway, or just like self, like just do something himself. Like yeah, with all of his money, exactly. Like just, hey, what's that Spielberg thing kicking around in your head? Some exactly. Personal, something yeah. that like doesn't have as much of a plan behind it, yeah. and gets shown at some festivals and then happens to get picked up. Yeah, you know what I mean. That'd be cool. Like, but I don't think he will. I think he's. I don't think he's. It's I think not really he's his too, thing. It's not it's his thing. Not his thing. Yeah. I yeah. kind of feel like he's afraid to. Yeah, I'm gonna probably. I'm gonna say that. Because I think. It, yeah, he needs his. He needs his A team. And that's not a bad thing. I just think he needs he needs his team, and he needs a certain yeah. level of filmmaking to. Make I think films. He basically he needs to do a movie about this like boy who like ha- rides his bicycle <clears throat> everywhere, and he's uh, got a basket in the front, and it's like a swaddled alien is in the basket. And then that's this really, really cool shot, yeah. this super yeah. cool high yeah. contact shot where the the, the, <laughs> the bike is going across the sky. Oh, and there's like this oh. big the moon. So the bike actually, the bike flies. Dude, the bike flies. Whoa! And then the moon's a, in the I'm, back. I'm, yeah, dude. and that a would really be like good the title. Most, and that's like the for this ch- movie would be Amblin Entertainment. That's a oh, great title. Yeah, that could right. be a could Amblin. Be a really good movie. Amblin, yeah, like Amblin Entertainment. Yeah, like kind of like rambling. Yeah. Yeah. 
It'd be extra intelligence. EI. Extra. <laughs> 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 EI. E-I. <laughs> and Katy Perry has to have her song EI in it. <laughs> what about uh, artificial terrestrial? That could be a really good too. Uh, yeah. 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 I just realized he did AI and ET. That's yeah. not fair. Yeah, he's done AI. he's done like that's, everything. That's um, not a fair thing. But what he hasn't done are the two movies we're about to talk about right now. So our main Segway. topic this week is the invention of the Steadicam and its effect on cinema history. If you've been a listener for a while, then you know we've talked about the Steadicam, probably gushed about the Steadicam at certain points. Like it's I am it is actually, in my opinion, the most important invention for for cinema in cinema history, uh, it just really it changed everything. Um, and now we what, have what is a Steadicam, Keith? So a Steadicam is essentially this is a piece of technology which uses like weights as a counterbalance to the camera to keep it on a gyroscope, ty- like you know, gyroscope to keep it steady, uh, and you get a smooth movement without having to use tracks or a dolly or a crane or anything like that. It gives you freedom of movement. Uh, whereas before the 70s, the mid-70s, you had handheld, or you had dolly and crane. Yeah. Uh, there was no Steadicam. You had very specific ways to move, which is where the language of cinematic, uh, the cinematic language comes from this movement, which is how cinema evolved, right, in these specific ways. Like, to get the most cinematic, you use a dolly. Essentially, yeah, yeah. right? Or something that moves on a track in a way that is very one direction it was or the cl- on an axis. It, it was the closest that would re- recreate what a human sees every day. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes handheld, you know, can, if yeah. you're not wild with it. But the problem with handheld is that it matches, like, your shoulder movement, which is not what your head... Yeah. You know what I mean? You get kind of a bounce as you walk, but you don't get this, like... Because when you walk, your whole body kind of... Your shoulders move with your legs, and that's how... And when you have a 50-pound rig on your shoulder, that's going to move with the way you walk, right? it's going to affect, especially if you do take three or four right exactly so the the movement you're right is a little more is closer to what people would see uh pov yeah basically unless the unless the camera was mounted to your head right and same with crane cranes unless it was like a big like arcing crane shot then obviously you know humans can't do that but right plus plus our brains will like auto correct any weird stabilization that we have when we're walking right you know mm-hmm. like we we like know like all right we're gonna bounce like this so our brains right will, like automatically like make up for it exactly. just like i mean if you look into eye science or our um when shit hits our eye it's um upside down mm-hmm. and uh when uh like as it like goes through the the eye part it like flips as right. it hits our brain and our brain flips it back yeah uh, to be to be right side up so it's kind of that in that same kind of vain totally yeah. totally yeah. Uh, so our first film is marathon man released in 1976 this movie is a graduate history student is unwittingly caught in the middle of an international conspiracy involving stolen diamonds an exiled nazi war criminal and a rogue government agent um did was there any relevance to the fact that he was a history student besides i think it's a backstory? sequel to uh the graduate i think that's <laughs> is that what it was yeah oh, god <laughs> oh my god uh, i had to watch that that was pretty school. good that yeah. was pretty good um i don't think there was though i think it was just kind of dropped yeah it, was it wasn't a, a yeah big thing yeah, yeah. it was just like um, a like a here's this guy's place 
right now sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, pretty much. You know? pretty Which much. they kind of drop that the running thing. Like, oh, he's like an avid runner. You know, yeah. they kind of drop that in a similar vein where it's just like, right. oh, there's like a little bit of character. But then they come back to the running man. Thing. Well, yeah. because it's, yeah, in if you're building a plot, what should have happened was they showed it at the beginning, right? That he's a runner and that he's timing himself to, to get better at running. And that becomes part of the climax, right? Right. right? The, the his skill in running should be something, but it kind of comes back. But yeah, it's not. not not as much as I would have thought it right. was. Yeah. Considering right. they named it Marathon Man, you're right. right. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It just kind of it's there for the just giving him a place. Pretty you much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, uh, so because like the you know Ilsa when that shit is happening, uh, the post collegiate guy would have a kind of a different response to that than someone maybe who was working for a long time right you, you right. know what i mean yeah like it's different different response totally you know? yeah uh so marathon man was written by william goldman and it was directed by john schlesing schlesinger yeah schlesinger, yeah. schlesinger stars <laughs> dustin hoffman lawrence olivier roy schneider william devane and martha keller or Marth keller however you want to pronounce that uh, our second film is The Shining, released in 1980. And if you haven't heard of this film, then you've been living under a rock. Uh, a family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where an evil spiritual presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from the past and of the future. Uh, the Shining was written by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson, and it was directed by Kubrick. It stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, and Scatman Crothers. Um, so I just want to do a quick, since this is a little more technical episode, um, I just want to do a quick overview of the history of the Steadicam, um, before we dive into too much. Uh, so the Steadicam was invented in 1975 by Garrett Brown, who shot a 10 minute reel of the new camera moves it was capable of, uh, once, basically once he had a prototype, he shot a reel. This video made its way over to various directors, including Kubrick, and was eventually picked up for manufacture by Cinema Productions Corporation. Uh, the first film to feature the Steadicam in production was actually the Woody Guthrie, Woody Guthrie bio- biopic, Bound for Glory, uh, and the second film was Marathon Man. However, Marathon Man was released first. Um, this is not the first time that we've come across this. Yeah. Cinemascope as well uh there was some something about the production of um shit what was that movie the biblical epic uh the greatest story ever told right (laughs) (laughs) is that a joke or are you being serious that that wasn't what i couldn't even tell no it's uh uh i'll look it up the something it's the something the robe or something or uh, is it the robe it's not the robe uh it's something like that the robe. Oh, it is the robe. Yeah, okay. it is the robe. Okay, yeah. so that film was... It's one of those things where it was in production first, but due to a variety of things, it got released second type of thing. Right. That's one of those weird Byron things where it's like... wants to say something so bad. Oh, he does. Okay. <laughs> no, no, yeah. No, All right, no, go ahead. No, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was being... <laughs> I think Keith is like carefully avoiding how to marry a millionaire. Like saying how to marry a millionaire. Oh, right no. Nah. How to marry a millionaire. We talked about it. Uh, <laughs> it was a terrible movie, so don't watch it. Listen to the episode. Don't watch the movie. Um, but uh, no, it was, it was one of those things where that movie got... How to Marry a Millionaire was released first... So it it kind of became this like well it was the first one, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like Bound for Glory in this case is considered the first more so, but Marathon Man was released first. So 
you know, however you fall. Um, Bound, Bound for Glory got the the Oscar, right? So they released they were released the same year, and Bound for Glory actually got the Oscar and more, and for for cinematography for cinematography, yeah. Yeah. and it got more exposure because of the first shot in Bound for Glory, which right. pushed, which was everyone who watched it was like. What the fuck did I see and what yeah. just happened? And how right. was it like? Happening? How did right. you do yeah. that? Exactly. Yeah. Where Marathon Man, if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't really notice. Yeah. Right. They, because they could come off as a dolly shot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's not vertical, it's horizontal yeah. movement. The movement is all tracking him on the ground. Uh, uh, what's interesting, too, about um, the, the cinematographer of uh, Bound for Glory. Was that he was best, really, really good friends of the cinematographer for um, uh, uh, <laughs> fuck <laughs> uh, of 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 Marathon Man okay. um, and Haskell Haskell Wexler was yeah uh, bound for glory right uh, um, I think I think yeah it was it definitely Haxel wasn't Marathon. Wexler yeah was then, bound for glory yeah. and then yep uh, was it. Conrad Hall. Conrad Hall is it Marathon Man. Was Marathon Man. Okay, yeah, so they were Hall, really yeah. good friends, and they um, did they built a company together, and oh, nice. that company. Um, oh fuck! Where was it going with this? Shit. Anyway, they built a company together, and uh, it had something to do with Kubrick, and I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> Shit. Well, we can Wait, figure was it, out. it like a weird like Steadicam company? Because uh, the guy uh, Brown, Garrett Brown, uh, Garrett Brown, he worked on all these movies. Yeah, he was right, right. He was the Steadicam operator yeah. because pretty much no one else at the time knew how to use his invention. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a company that like was about like the Steadicam stuff. It was uh, like just kind of like a production company. Oh, I see. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Uh, hopefully we can find the history as we talk. Um, so like I said, the second film was Marathon Man, but it was released first. So however you subscribe to whichever is the first quote-unquote Steadicam movie is fine. Uh, basically, they're the same year anyway, and they're basically the first, both of them. Uh, one of the most common shots nowadays, the from-behind Steadicam tracking shot, is was, is the Bound for Glory shot that we're talking about. Uh, so it's interesting to see that this shot... The first shot, the first time anyone ever really saw this, was like a shot that is essentially copied every and yeah. almost every time there's yeah. a steady cam in any TV show or movie, they almost always do a from behind yeah. tracking shot. I mean, because there's um, Days of Heaven too, you know, right? Uh, they have similar shots in, in a couple of them in that movie, and that was filmed at r- roughly the same time. And I believe okay. Garrett Brown was the operator. On that, I'm sure he was. For so, a long time, he yeah. was the sole operator. He, he himself like did over 70 films. Yeah, because he was a cinematographer. Yeah. yeah, he's still alive too. Oh, nice. Uh, Just a, it's such a great shot that like, it's a great behind, shot. I love it. I love it. Know, yeah, it's a because it like it gives you a sense of the character and the world around them yeah. both. You know, because you get because like a big thing of the characters looking at their gait. You know yeah. how yep. they walk. And uh, with the Steadicam, you really get a good sense of how the character walks. So all those choices that the character is making that you might not see with just a regular shot, you get to really see it with that Steadicam. Well, totally. And without the, the this invention, we wouldn't be having the like video games in the sense of like where you see the character as like 
almost POV, but you see the back of his head. Third person. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Third person, yeah. It's like... Yeah, where they're, like, center point. In, yeah, Like I mean, Mario. Like 3D Mario games. Yeah, like that. Or even, you know, like... Last like Gears of, of War. It's third person like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, yeah. like, like it, that obviously is influenced by cinema. Totally. You know? Like, and, and sure. steady cam without it. Like, we didn't get those type of shots unless it was the dolly shots. And even mm-hmm. then, they were kind of normally out of focus. Right. You know? Yeah. So, it really... It changed the the whole like Keith said this like the language of 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 film after it like immensely. Yeah, totally. This <laughs> right. is why the seventies are such a crazy time for yeah. cinema because I mean this the Steadicam was the biggest change. Like, yeah, fine, and is actually right? like I mean beside you know I'll, I'll mention this in a little bit too, but there's only been like one major alteration to the Steadicam since then. And that is considered the mo- the most uh, radical change, or the most wow. radical uh, improvement of the steady cam. Which is since. crazy because you know it's been you know seventy six, seventy five. You know all like all those years. There's only been one big change. Yeah. You know, right. like <laughs> that that um, change it wasn't was that from The Shining or is this another change? No, it's from The Shining. Yeah. It's from oh, the it was from The Shining. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I'll mention it. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, just to enforced and how iconic this behind the behind the actor's shot or behind the tracking shot is one of the most iconic shots long takes in cinema history is the copacabana shot in goodfellas which is almost yeah. entirely from behind same, yeah yeah it's all yeah. it's literally the same framing so dad tells you just how much like that one shot just changed everything, everything and yeah. the bound for glory is weird bound for glory was like he comes down on a jib you know, he's it's a steady cam operator essentially on a platform on yeah. a crane. They bring him down, and it looks like okay, they're gonna stop. In any film before this, they would stop yeah. and cut to a tracking shot or just not cut. Um, but in this case, he just walks off and yeah. follows the guy, and it goes for like a couple of minutes. Right? It's a, it's actually like a long take where right. it goes for a couple. And of it minutes. goes it goes under things. Too. It goes so under things like, and through a crowd. Yeah, right. So like when you had a crane, you could like still like track someone. Right. You know. But because they're like going under, and it's like, how how does the crane do that? Exactly. Because you know, everyone who's like technically minded is like, what the fuck? Yeah, because you had seen this. Like we've seen similar things like that before with like Touch of Evil and everything like that. But but it it was so limited because it's stuck on this big fucking crane. Mm-hmm. It can't go into some tight kitchen like in the Copacabana exactly. where it's exactly. following the characters. Uh, the fact that it's following, I think, is a huge huge part totally. of of what the steady cam is it, it it film is so voyeuristic and it has this sense where the, you know, the viewer is following wherever the director is taking you but this is literally the camera following the actors of th- that we're following as viewers yeah. you know right uh, <laughs> like, you can get a crane shot in places you would never have been able to before yeah yeah you know yeah. It's, it's really insane um let's see here uh, so 1976's Rocky also used the Steadicam for the very well-known running sequence and actually for the fight sequences oh. uh, when they're in the yeah. ring. Apparently, uh, if you look at some of the wide shots of when they're in the ring, you can actually see the Steadicam operator uh, just kind of going around. Um, but <laughs> so I, funny. I think the most iconic shot, Steadicam-related shot, coming out of rocky is when he runs up the steps at the the philadelphia monuments like those are the that's the one that people know and that's the one that to me is also the one that's really like 
okay, they're using something now that is beyond what they had before. Right, because yeah. going up yeah. and down steps is like, yeah, uh, that really set that really proves, I think. Yeah, what the steady can that's do. that shot sold it, and that's why that shot is so celebrated. Yeah, and exactly. I feel like a lot of people look at that shot and think, "Oh, this is like the moment where he's done with the montage." Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of technically minded people, a lot of people of the time, look at that shot and be like, "That was the first. That was the first time I was truly wowed by yeah. this new technology." Because if you think about it, it also came out at the same time in the same year. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. people were seeing this for the first, and then the way that that shot is. The editing and the music and everything else that comes together for that shot just makes it that much more epic. Yeah, yeah. So these people who actually, like you said, the kind of more technically minded or or who are uh, trying to pay attention yeah. more to these things in cinema are like that. That's it. This is the culmination of what we just saw, and now cinema's different, and you know it's different. And Rocky won Best Picture Oscar that year, right? Uh, good I don't question. Know. I'm not sure. I will look it up. Look it up, yeah. And I'll continue on. Uh, So, The Shining helped push the technology even further than any other film uh, when Kubrick requested that the shots be from barely above the floor. So this is the, this right here is the the change that we're talking about that is still one of the, considered probably the most uh, important uh, change or or evolution in the Steadicam was this ability to because the way the Steadicam works, if you if you've ever seen it, is that typically uh, it's a vest that you wear with a kind of a spring loaded arm, and the camera rig sits on the arm so that it's essentially independent of the operator. Yeah. And then there's a counterweight that's depending on the camera size, the weight, you know, and everything else. And then there's a screen for the operator to use. Uh, and the camera is on top where the weight is on bottom. This is the exact opposite where the counterweight had to somehow be put over the camera and the camera low so that the camera was barely above the floor while mm. still maintaining the steady cam motion, <laughs> right? And still being able to be bounced. So this hadn't been considered before. I'm sure it had been considered, but no one had really pushed for it until yeah. Kubrick was like, I have to have it. And then <laughs> right. everyone was like, all right, what do we do to get it? Get yeah. It's like, it's the same thing with Barry Lyndon where uh, Barry Lyndon shot with natural candlelight, which is damn near impossible. Yeah. Except yeah. that they were able to get a hold of these crazy lenses. These, so it's called uh, when a lens has a very, very, very wide aperture. It's called, it's a, it's called being a very fast lens. Uh, and in this case, the aperture got down to like, you know, 0.5 or something. Something super ridiculous. Yeah. The numbers for I mean, film and it's, it, for, it's 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 literally only NASA uses it because they need to capture the most light um, when they're trying to photograph things in space. And so, hang on a second. Ap- aperture that's like the depth of field, right? So it has a very shallow depth of field. It has a, that 0.4. Yeah. In this case, the wider the aperture. The, the shallower the depth of field and the more blurriness there's going to be. The, the, right. the, the harder it is is going to be able to focus on everything in the scene because of the depth of the scene. If your right. aperture is stopped down to something lower, then it's going to be like, you know, the whole scene could be in focus, essentially, uh, right. to a certain point where, and then you start dealing with all these different, like, uh, I can't remember the exact term, <clears throat> but essentially, if you go too far with the aperture, it starts to screw with your image. Like so the, the f-stop. Or yeah, the f-stops. If, if, yeah. if you do too much, it starts to screw with your image. Um, yeah. But in this case, Kubrick wanted to shoot with natural candlelight. Well, the only way to do that, I mean, there's only a couple ways you can actually increase 
the amount of light that your camera captured. You got shutter speed, you got the ISO, you got uh, aperture. And generally speaking, you only get two of those things in the in the yeah. in the triangle of this. You only get two. You know, you get to pick two. Shutter um, speed is is locked for is pretty much. Locked. I was going to say you don't yeah, part, yeah you don't fuck with shutter and speed that much. Honestly, <laughs> ISO in its ways is kind of locked too. It's limited because after a certain ISO, you're 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 crazy as shit. Yeah, you're creating a terrible image, and yeah. um, this is a little bit different for film, but. The, the same principles exist. Uh, but aperture is... So the aperture was the one thing that they were like, okay, we have to change this. What can we do to change this? Well, like I said, they got these lenses essentially that were used for space photography or, you know, um, that type of thing. And they used that to shoot those scenes. So Kubrick is here like pushing technology because he himself was just... He he was more literate in camera technology than a lot of cinematographers. Yeah, were. he was like a tech like a tech guy. That's like he, what his thing was. Like, there was one there's one story that sticks in my mind where apparently he like took apart this lens and wanted to get these things like changed. So he contacted the manufacturer and the specialists that worked for the company were like blown away because he knew more about their technology than they did <laughs> so they like you know he was just like how do we help this guy that yeah. knows more than we do you yeah know? right like, he was such an obsessive technological person yeah super obsessive yeah. I, I wonder if he felt like how i feel whenever i call technical support for like internet problems you know because they're always like did you unplug it <laughs> yeah i fucking unplugged did you restart it. Yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. help me you know it's like a, yeah come, i bet he felt that way all the time whenever he started people. <laughs> So now we have shots like the pretty infamous, like, you know, uh, tri- trike shots yeah. where Danny's riding his trike, um, which <laughs> yeah. have been analyzed to hell and back about the layout of the hotel that they created yeah. with that. Um, and and how they come back to the same yeah. hallway. Yep. You know, people are like, there's a difference. You know, it's like spot the difference, like yep. hallway scene. And it was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> totally. It's that movie... <laughs> More than any other movie, I think, in cinema history, The Shining has been picked apart so much. Every little thing about that movie has been picked apart because there's so much conspiracy that surrounds it. There's a whole documentary called, I think it's called Room 239. 237. 237, yeah. Yeah, which it's a pretty good documentary, but it, 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 yeah, it loves that, all that stuff. I would say it's entertaining to watch. The thing that bothers me about it is that all of the people they have talking about it are all audio. There's no oh, visual yeah, that's right. interviews. That's right. Which really undercuts the, I don't know, like, it, it undercuts the validity of it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, for right. sure. Because it's like, but, you could be fucking the dude's best friend, yeah. and I don't know who you are, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I uh, just going back to one of the earlier things. We kind of lost it, but I'm bringing it back. Uh, Rocky did win the Oscar oh, okay. that year in 1976 nice. against uh, Marathon Man. And but um, Marathon Man Bound got best Glory. cinematographer, or uh, Bound yeah. for Glory got best cinematographer. But yes, it did. Right. Which is interesting because, um, in my opinion, Rocky the going up the stairs is like way more fascinating. You know, it's me, way more. Me. Yeah, it's way yeah. more. Of of the original Steadicam shots, it's way more iconic and way right. more interesting. Right. Eh. Even even though the other one is more Stony. technically eh. impressive. <laughs> Stony? <laughs> that was Stony. 
That's what I call Rocky. Oh, Stony. Stony. Oh, Stony Balboa. Balboa. Stony Balboa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they should. So, they should remake that and call it Stony Balboa. Throw yeah, Creed out the window. <laughs> start making. My, sorry, Michael B. Jordan. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. He has all his, his success with Black Panther now. So yeah. it's all, yes, he. Yes. Um, Except he's not coming back. Spoilers. <laughs> oh well. Way to ruin that one. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. You did. You're not gonna watch it. You hate Marvel. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's I have Black two Panther. movie tickets, and there's not a lot of movies to watch right now so i'm tempted that's a good point I, I, yeah i'm gonna have to go see that it's one either that or annihilation i have do want to see, you guys I seen see it i know i need to see it dude wow, so, i just gave away the i've been so busy you i have been well now it. you gave away the ending that you said it i didn't know why he wasn't coming back <laughs> there's more to it than that there's more to it well i mean i figured he's the villain and like what villain in a marvel movie actually like stays alive Loki. you know so yeah besides <laughs> Besides him, yeah. I, I feel like I gave away a lot more than what you guys know. Then and shut that's up. all I'm going to say. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> well, it's a Marvel movie, dude. All, it's predictable. All I know is that some girl was watching him with his shirt off in the movie, and she broke her retainer. Dude, and that's he, a funny story. He, he's, he's he bought paying, her a new he's retainer. paying for the retainer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just such a sexy yeah. man. What can we say? Yeah. He's pretty um, good looking. And he honestly, he looks fucking cool in this movie. Nice. Like, he looks like, this is totally going to sound super lame, but it's cool to me. He looks like one of those badass Pokemon trainers from Pokemon. <laughs> you know? Like, he looks like a fuck. like, that's, he looks like the guy who has, like, all the fucking cool Pokemon. That's not where I thought you were going to go. Right? I know. <laughs> like, it sounds really lame and geeky, but yeah. that is what he looks like. That, I mean, I was, that, I was expecting that was like, Yu-Gi-Oh before a Pokemon. Honestly. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh? Yu-Gi-Oh? That's not what it is. Yu-Gi-Oh? I don't fucking know. I don't know how to pronounce it. You did grow up watching no. black and white movies in your I parents' did, I basement. Didn't, I didn't have TV. Fuck. Dude, that's not even like, that's not even like advanced how do, how TV. Do you, how do you pronounce Yu-Gi-Oh. it? Yu-Gi-Oh. 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 Oh, fuck. So, oh, God. Dude, you were, you were, you were watching films at a young age. I, I was, man. I was watching fucking M by Fritz Long. You were laying, you know? I was playing M for Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I was into Magic the Gathering, but, you know, but that was just cards, so I didn't watch, you know, there's nothing to watch. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was hanging out with my M, my mom, because I didn't have any friends. <laughs> Trying to play Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Mom, that's not the blue eyes white dragon. Come on! Oh man, I used to have a, a large collection of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Actually, yeah. See, I never, I never had Nerd. those cards, but I had the Magic and I had, I had the Pokemon cards for sure. Mm, yeah, yeah. who didn't have here. the Pokemon? Cards? And I had Lord of the Rings cards. That was a big thing. The only thing I remember about Pokemon is that like one of the first packets we ever opened, my cousin got a Charizard. Oh, that's yeah. not bad, man. Wow, jealous. First, 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 first pack, first pack yeah. Charizard. Yeah, yeah. God, anyway. what an asshole. Yeah, yeah. we're, so we're money, nerding out right now. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But anyways, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, yes. So whatever Jacob said, ignore it because – and the, watch the movie <laughs> and then come back and listen. Um, so, okay, so basically – look for the Pokemon references in yeah, the, in look the movie. for the Pokemon references. <laughs> right. It's um, a Black Panther Pokemon. Black <laughs> Pokemon. Just Google that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we have some crazy shots in The Shining. The Shining uses a steady cam quite a bit um, when they're going up the stairs in that climactic scene where she hits him on the head with the bat, following Danny obviously going through the um, what's it called the hedge maze. Uh, when they're, I I don't think it's being used when they're walking around uh, having the talk. I think that's all tracking. I think that is tracking when they're outside and stuff. Yeah, um, but it gets used a lot. It seems like tracking. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, did, is it used in the stair scene? 
Yes, when absolutely. he's walking up the stairs. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Slowly. Yeah, okay. um, so good. You can definitely tell it's steady cam as opposed to handheld, even though it's that slow. You can tell, and also I, when he goes into the bathroom in room two two thirty seven, oh, that's yeah. all steady cam. Right, right. Sweet. Like you said, that's that, actually POV too. Sorry, Jacob, that's actually POV, which is kind of a a, a fun thing to fuck around with on steady cam. Yeah, totally, like oh, that yeah. you couldn't really do before. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, yeah, hundred percent. Like uh, Enter the Void. T- speaking of Steadicam POV movies, the mm-hmm. entire movie is like a Steadicam. Is this Steadicam or handheld? I was gonna say Enter the Void, but I thought it was handheld. I think it, Ooh, it I, could be handheld. I'm not sure know. now. I'm not sure. I haven't watched. I think it's probably both. It's probably both. I think. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's both. And if it's not Steadicam, it's it's like company that's like fo- like it's like that's copying it. Yeah, is Steady? Yeah, Steadicam. Yeah. The idea of like kind of like Kleenex, is, like the brand because Steadicam yeah. is a brand. So right? yeah, let's we should probably clarify that. So Steadicam is actually a brand of of specific uh, gyroscopic technology for cameras, and there's also like Glidecam and and other things, right? But like you said, it's kind of like Kleenex, where, Kleenex, where it's kind of become synonymous yeah. for the technology in general. It's just Steadicam. Everything is kind of a Steadicam. Everybody steady cam. calls a Kleenex a Kleenex, even right. though it's not really. It could not. It right. may not exactly. be a Kleenex. Exactly. Right. <laughs> because facial tissue not only yeah. is longer, it also sucks to say. Yeah. But totally. Kleenex is so like it just comes out of your mouth. Oh, I exactly. like that facial tissue. That's pretty good. I always called it yeah. secretion tissue. So. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> is that uh, uh, God I don't want to ask what I'm going to ask don't ask I'm not going to ask I don't see any visible garbage cans so I'm good I don't need that's, to that's yeah God uh, alright <laughs> could you imagine right. if Kleenex brand like that if that was how they branded their shit and that's why it took off because everyone was like oh secretion tissue <laughs> like all right yeah these are it's these more are literal because literally you use it for various bodily secretions but right yeah, yeah. Any, obviously any, doesn't doesn't hit any, the ear as well any orifice uh leaking <laughs> <laughs> this is the orifice right. leakage Le- tissue leaking <laughs> <laughs> Leaking is <laughs> leaking is a gross word. If you're leaking, then go like, get that. Like check. secretion, your orifice isn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. orifice is the worst. Orifice secretion um, tissue. Oh yeah. god. So, okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> pulling us back on track here or off the rails. Um, Pwned. <laughs> so, like I said, Danny's uh, when he's riding his bike, going up and down the stairs, chase sequence, the climactic chase, chase sequence. Uh, and a lesser known use of the steady cam is actually in Return of the Jedi. Um, so, in order to create these speeder scenes in the forest, the steady cam was walked through the forest, shooting at one frame per second, so that when it was sped up to twenty four frames, the trees looked like they were zipping by. That's pretty cool. See, I didn't know that. That's I didn't know that cool. initially. Either. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. All those shots where it's like the POV speeder bike shots were were like the coolest part of that movie. Yeah, in, totally. in my opinion, like as a kid, that's like. I, I kind of forget some of the other scenes, you know, um, when I was a kid. But then that scene, it was like, oh, man, here's the speeder bike scene. Yeah. Like, I'm so pumped for this because yeah, it was, like, fucking cool. I think that, I think yeah. it, Endor in general is kind of the best part of that movie. But I think that's what really kind of is, like, the icing on the cake. Right. I, the yeah. teddy bears. I really remember, the Ewoks. Like, yeah. watching yeah. that whole sequence and just thinking, like, just thinking that it was weird that, I couldn't buy a toy of that without having a wheel on it. Like, cause like in the, in the 
the movie they're, they're flying. Flo- yeah, yeah they're and like I was hovering. like, well, why yeah. why can't I get a toy that Unless does you buy the, the same thing? Because like they like they did that, you know. Like my brain when I was in kindergarten or first grade <laughs> when I saw that movie, like why can't it just fly? Like, why couldn't it fly? You know, like like right. why are like, we all just riding these? Well, yeah, like why? You know what I mean? Like uh, right. it was interesting. Why are we in cars? Cars are bumpy. Well, cars I mean, I realized suck. that it took place like. A long ago in a galaxy long far time. away yeah. uh, right. no no uh, no but like i uh it was just like how do they do that i just remember thinking because again i was so used to watching like either animated disney movies at that point in my life or older movies like you know like i don't know i love lucy or benji or some shit that i had never seen anything like that before you know that's why i so, like the lego version though because the lego was just free form like you just oh, built cool. it and then you just had it or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know. Right. Um, you would have to, like, hold it up. Yeah, to, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, I never owned a, a speed... I don't even know what they're called. But I think it's like speed speed speeder. 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 Yeah. Yes. Speeder. I, I think it's just speeder. Action figure until, yeah. you know... I I think I eventually maybe got one when I was older. But. Yeah. Um, when you were older? Like, like three weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> he bought one. He, he got, bought a replica. He bought the one with the wheels. <laughs> yeah, no, this, I is, think, this is what I remember I from I my childhood. I, I honestly think I got, I got one for Christmas, I think, like... When I was in like I don't know, fifth grade or something like that. I don't know. Oh yeah, there's like remote control or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, that's actually kind of uh, that makes sense that yeah. there's wheels on wheeled, it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, who's putting like wheels on that? Because normally you just want to pick it up and like fly it. Right. But if there's uh, wheels on it. It's yeah. like this yeah. is dumb. Is, this yeah. is weird. But uh, if it yeah, if it's remote control, that makes sense. But oh. it's kind of cool. One frame <laughs> per second. That's interesting. Like yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's it's it. That's how you get the blur effect is by slowing down the shutter speed. Yeah, but even one frame. I mean, that's impressive. Because like, well, then again, it's film. It's different from digital. Because like, I don't know. You know, the lowest I normally go on weird shit like that. I don't know. That's just that's. I mean, the lowest most cameras go, unless you're shooting in a photo mode, is twenty four. Yeah, so that's really weird. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you get a lot of control over film and how to, how fast you can run it. You want to run it through a camera. Um, but yeah, that's how they got that. So they made the plate, and then they they shot stuff with the speeder, and then they put the speeder over and the plate, cool. and that's how you get the shot. Um, the steady cam cool. also led to some of the greatest long takes in cinema history as well, including the protector stairwell scene. Um, if you've never seen the protector, it's an awesome uh, martial arts movie, and there's this epic like five to seven minute long take he showed that to uh me. it's fucking yeah, good dude it, where he crazy. fights his way up a stairwell um the uh, boogie nights and magnolia opening shots are all done with steady cam and those are very very well known uh and goodfellas like yep. i mentioned uh, the copacabana mm-hmm. shot is considered one of the best shots um which in my opinion is a little overstated it's a good shot but it's not like one of the greatest shots Considering yeah. everything else, do, do you think it's like the Scorsese's effect, like yeah, with Goodfellas? Yeah, if it was, if it wasn't Scorsese, I think it 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 wouldn't be. It would be on a list yeah. of like maybe like fifty or a hundred, but it wouldn't be like the right. top twenty. And, you know, and people say that too with Boogie Nights. I mean, I think it's great in Boogie Nights because Boogie Nights shots insane. It's super flashy. It's insane, it's, and it's so fast. Yeah, it's so it's it so flies. it's so flashy that it's amazing. But that's what people also criticize it for. Is they're like, oh, it's so like, it's it's just Paul Thomas Anderson, just like, oh, I'm 27 years old and I'm making my second movie and I can do whatever the fuck I want, you know. Which is like, nah, I think they're overthinking it and they're like jealous. I mean, if you, you look, I feel at, like it, it works with the movie. It does, yeah. Yeah, and I, it, think it, it, I think it's if great. It, 
Personally. If it didn't work with the movie, then I'd be like, this is overly flashy and it's just yeah. him jerking himself off. But because it like it sets up the movie beautifully. Yeah, definitely. It's hard for me to like buy like to look at people who say that yeah. and be like you're not just like right but it's not flashy it's i mean okay it is flashy right but it has meaning to it you're talking you're talking about it has meaning yeah but you're also talking about a movie that's about pornography where like it it, it, it's like it in a way it's porn it's porn for cinema lovers too you know what i mean it fits but i mean the fact that there's many that there's a lot of these sort of um takes in that movie I think where people, you know, it's not the only Steadicam no, certainly, long but, take in that movie. But, but the fact that it actually yeah. does something for the plot and the style of the movie and the tone yeah. and everything else, like it sets, it sets up, up all the characters. It sets up yeah. everything. It sets and up I, all the I, characters. Yeah. The lighting is crazy. How the lighting is like just eclectic, but still like focus helps you focus on yeah, the characters. Yeah. And I love the beginning of it where it does this weird like. It kind the of angle. The, the angle, yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. goes to like this weird like Dutch side angle yeah. and swoops you in. It's like, yeah. oh man, that's so I, awesome. I, I also think that that's an important thing to talk about too, in the sense that you know when we see how it's used in um, Bound for Glory and Marathon Man, it's almost not like a gimmick, but it's it's used in in a, in, a, in a more of of a way that's not super tied into theme and mm-hmm. and, and character whereas exactly. now because it's such a it's a, it's such it's something that every film uses almost um especially big budget movies um that or if it's not steady cam it's a glad cam or free fly right cam something or similar some or whatever topic. right yeah like, like a secretion cam yeah that <laughs> now that it yeah, now that it's 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 been used so much that as a filmmaker now, you kind of have to have a reason why. Like, a reason oh, why yeah. you're using it in a way. Whereas, bef- when it was first starting, you didn't necessarily have to have a reason for it. Um, you know what I mean? Does that make yeah. any sense? No, totally. totally. Makes um, sense. Because, like, Rocky, I mean, in my opinion, Rocky does that. Like, going up the stairs with him at the very end, uh, what tells you like it's all like in sync like the it's in sync with the character and where he's at and the just the timing of how it goes up there that's all like connected while something like marathon man is just the reasoning establishing character you know what i mean the reasoning they used it in those movies was to show that they can get places that you can't get to yeah exactly right they were like look at look at us you know what i mean right yeah but rocky did that thing where it's tied back to the character rocky because he's he's trying to climb the steps too just like the camera is, right. you know what I mean. I mean, I think, and, and Kubrick touched on that. I mean, I think with like the labyrinthine kind of like feeling that that movie gets with the the hallways and 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 you know the, exactly with the hotel, and he's 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 not using the Steadicam as a uh, as a gimmick. He's using it as a tool to tell his story yeah, the exactly. way that he's envisioning it, so that the viewer can get the the utmost like weird feeling that they could get right. by by spending right, right, time right. in this hotel with these characters because that I, shot is very claustrophobic yeah like and, and i think that's where the steadicam has developed over time i think filmmakers through the language they they have to they can't just use it to use it 
to make a it. A lot of to, people do. I mean, a lot of people do, but I it's, think... It kind of has boiled down to, I want my take to be a little bit longer, and I don't want to set up a, a dolly, exactly, so let's use yeah. it But, like, like, I mean, I know that you're going to mention the true detective scene. What makes that so impressive, too, was that in the theme of that... It, there's been as impressive or more impressive takes in other films... But the reason why that one is so infamous now is because it takes place in a, a part of the season where, yeah, where it's like, oh fuck, we're we're in it now. He, the, uh, these he, characters he's, are, are he's kind in of it. pushing towards rock bottom. Yeah, is what he's doing in the plot, and and it shows the interconnectedness of that small area. Yeah, yeah, and it shows with, an yeah. intelligence on the filmmaker's part, right. which I think is important when it comes to Steadicam. Totally. Now, I mean, if right. you look at Magnolia. Plus, like the can, can I, let, can go I ahead, build go off ahead. that for a second? Yeah, go ahead. The, just another element to that scene specifically is that trapped feeling. Um, so he, he's trying to get out, and it's really hard to tell like which way is the best way to go. And we're with him as he does that, but we're like experiencing it alongside him. Exactly. Which right, I think is right. also like a really good um, use of this, is like really getting you to like feel like what the character is feeling. In that moment, because you're literally walking through with them. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. exactly. You're yeah, stuck yeah. there for six minutes or however long that shot yeah. is. Yeah. And you're like, okay, he is in the thick of it. Yeah. It's almost pseudo documentary in the sense of like, you're like, it's almost like you're a wartime news correspondent or whatever, yeah. and you're in the thick of it, and you're in a skirmish, and you're like, you can't get out. So you're just filming, you know, you're just in it. Speaking of that, though, I wish more documentaries used the Steadicam. And I understand cool. why they don't, because. Some documentaries, sometimes, yeah. yeah. But there's this, there's this one we started watching. I'm going to plug this real quick. Uh, called Departures. Um, it's on Netflix. And when we first started watching it, uh, my girlfriend and I were just like, "Okay, this is just two bro dudes who are traveling." Um, and they just <laughs> oh. made a movie about traveling. I think I've seen that. But I think I've seen. But that. <laughs> dude, it actually ends up being really good. And the main guy has some very insightful things to talk oh, about. Shit. He, he, he's actually a person who's like, okay, I go to these places and I learn something. Um, the other guy is totally like, he looks like a bro dude, but he learned something as well. Like oh. it actually turns out to be a good series. Do bros learn? Um, apparently they do. <laughs> right. That's how they become bro. Dads, the impressive you know? thing about this series is that it's one dude shooting the whole oh, thing. Shit. And it's super good cinematography, like Shit. really good shots. So there's like really three guys. It's three dudes okay, traveling, wow, wow, and wow. it's one camera guy. And this camera guy uses a steady cam almost the whole oh, time. Shit. And they're going to all these crazy countries where, like, if you have a camera, you're a fucking like big target, or you're yeah. or you're someone who people get, are wary of. Yeah. And he's rolling around with a steady cam, that's and you can tell. Nuts. And I'm like. It just adds this feeling to the show that's like. Did they use like a, a, a steady cam? A vest, cam? like a full vest. Yeah, he had oh, a full wow. vest. Wow. Fuck. I mean, because because I, I think could, I could see like the little gimbal, like the little gimbal. No, yeah, 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 on the bottom. Yeah. No, dude. But there's this. That's crazy. There's this shot where they're running around in this like kind of abandoned city in like Jordan or whatever, and he gets lost. The camera guy gets lost uh, apart from the other guys. So he turns the camera on him to shoot, and you can tell he has the vest on oh, damn. and everything, and you're just like. Dude, you have a crazy setup, and you're walking around countries where it's like, yeah, you know, this show is, is earlier in the 2000s, you know, so political climate and and emotions are different, but it's still just like, dude, you're walking around well, like, I mean, kind that, of like a target just, right now. Like, there's something about the Sweaty Cam too that makes that 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 screams like big time, 
in totally. a way. And and now it's a little different because now you can you can go to Best Buy and you can spend six hundred bucks on on something that will um, on the movie that will steady your your cell phone or your small digital yep. camera, yep. and you can spend a little bit more money, you even know. less for like one of the D- DJI right, right, right. phone mounted ones. Yeah, yeah. you can spend yeah. a little bit more money and get a, a Ronin or a. a, a a movie or whatever. It's only like a couple of grand for a vest for the full Steadicam right, right. setup vest. Yeah. So like the, the, they've come down in price. They've the, the technology has risen and 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 stuff. Um, but like you know, when I went to Morocco, when we were using a Ronin, like it people it caught people's eyes. We yep. got tickets because yep. we were filming without <laughs> permits, and yep. it's obvious that it's a fucking camera at that yep. point when it's attached to a a, a a piece of equipment like this. But right. I, I think. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I, I, well, I don't know exactly where I was going to go with that, but I, I think the, I, I guess my big thing was like with Steadicam now as a filmmaker. Oh, I, I know where I was going. The documentary thing that you were talking about. I think we're going to maybe see more of that in documentaries I hope so. now. I hope because so. it's yeah. because now anybody can get one. Yeah. You know, anybody can get a DJI. Osmo well, these productions or, are very well funded. Too. Right. 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 Like but, travel documentaries are well funded. There's no you can't travel that much. Right. And have what you're having without being having yeah. a benefit. Right. You, you could go, you could go to YouTube and follow any vlogger or blogger yeah. or whatever, and and they're going to have something that looks super fucking nice as they're going through on their bicycle in, in New yeah, York, and they're exactly. super smooth shots. Right. You know, it's it's amped up the game for everybody. Yeah. Um, because because you, you even like you could use a movie and stuff, but you could also just use a gimbal. I know um, uh, the fucking. Le- the violinist lady, uh, the violinist woman who like dances with the violin, uh, Lindsay Sterling. Lindsay oh, Sterling, Lindsay yeah. Sterling. yeah, yeah. So like in her videos, she hires this random guy. I think his name is Devin Supertramp. I think that's what he goes by. <laughs> um, ironically, <laughs> uh, Supertramp. Uh, but uh, but he just runs around with a gimbal. Like so, he has he doesn't do the vest or anything or the movie or anything like that. He just has a weight on the bottom and he just freaking cruises and he his hands are stable enough to, to, to work with it. Um, and then later in post, he stabilizes it. So it's like, it's not, he, he has like that high shutter speed look, which I'm not a huge fan yeah, of. Yeah, it has to be. But, yeah. but he does that and it works if you're going to shoot like that. Yeah, so yeah. If, Cause it's really smooth looking. And when you apply those, one of the bad things about those post stabilizations is if you have a, a regular shutter speed or a low shutter speed or even just like a step high like above shutter speed to get that less blurry motion it's still gonna look kind of crappy because it the the movement isn't matching the blur but for him totally works you know to, to mm-hmm. do something like yeah. that so even though i'm not a fan of look i can respect his post knowledge as far as like totally. what's gonna work yeah, um, yeah and that guy can he can put that shit in a canoe and freaking go to any location that he wants like remote as shit and he does and he gets a lot of views that's awesome i mean it's it's a it's a tool that has become available to everyone but it still requires specialized operation because you can't just put a camera on a a weighted gimbal you have to balance it you have to know the feeling of it you have to know how it's going to move you you know you have to get the shot so that your camera doesn't spin around in a bunch of you know a bunch of ways like it it is a there's a reason why when you look at film credits there's a steady cam operator credit well yeah i mean that's another thing i was going to say too is like because Roger I, Deakins is not strapping on a Steadicam and and rolling around with it, right? Yeah, like, you know, I, I I feel like I, I'm I'm I mean I don't want to rub anyone the wrong way, like any viewers the wrong way, but like 
like I like just the other day I was at Best Buy and I was going in there real quick to buy a reflector <laughs> and I went by the camera section I was kind of looking at their filters just to see and this guy was looking at one of the cell phone slash mini camera stabilizers right and he's talking to his girlfriend and he's saying oh look look you can you can take your cell phone and you can go do like really cool like smooth shots and then, and she kind of looked at him like why the fuck would you need that like what do you do? Like, <laughs> like 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 no seriously like her 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 facial expression was like like why the fuck would you need that yeah, you know totally. I, and 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 then he That's kind a really good point he, he kind of <laughs> he kind of like he kind of like looked kind of put out for a minute but then he but then i could kind of tell that he was like well yeah you're right and i feel like it's one of those things that it, it marketing wise is kind of like this gimmick it, in the sense in a sense but yet i think like i think the company wants to sell you it regardless right a lot of people don't need it yeah because i mean it's one of those things that i really think that as as something that as a film film language goes i you need to know kind of you need to know i don't know how to, to be to be to 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 utilize it the most you kind of have to know what you're doing yeah, like like not 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 know what you're like technical wise, but know what you're doing. But you gotta get why... it to know what you're doing, right? But like, but but you need to to have a. I just feel that you need to have a reason for it, in the sense of like, if you're gonna do like if you're going to if you're going to do. I mean, you, yeah, you can use it to do your vlogging and everything because it makes your thing look more smooth more professional. and professional. Yeah. But like when you're talking about. I, I don't know how to describe it. Don't man. burn don't, your money on it. <clears throat> don't don't yeah. spend a couple hundred bucks on getting right. a stabilizer rig for your phone, unless you really have a reason to to yeah. to do it. Yeah, <clears throat> right. Because even even movies like Bound to Glory, I know we're kind of like not shitting on it, but we're kind of like, hey, they didn't have a great reason to do it. They still had a really good reason to do that shot, and it's because it was really technically impressive. Well, it's the reason is that, time. yeah, no one else has ever done that shot No one before. had ever done that ever. thing, so it was well, immediately yeah, like a exactly. shot. Like, but like, if you're going to buy the thing for your phone, I mean, that's just kind of how I feel for like lenses on well, phones it's like, anyways. <laughs> people like selling the little strap-on lenses. Exactly. You know, you know it's, it's like, like you can uh, log into YouTube or Vimeo, and you can watch a a student film where the opening shot is a shot done on a Ronin, and then that's the only shot used, and it's basically just used to suck the viewer in. Like, oh look, these guys have a budget, right? Right. They're not. U- it's, it's they're not to be showy. Yeah, they're not utilizing it for anything other than just being showy. Like, and I think what I'm trying to say is, I think that's the difference between like Marathon Man and and, and Kubrick here. Well, obviously, I mean, you can do the film bro thing with Kubrick, but he really changed, I think, the game when it came to... He's not using it as a gimmick. He's using it because that's what his... It was required. His version yeah, of King's no. of Stephen King's story, <clears throat> that's what he needed, you know? I think... I, the thing about Kubrick, if you're if you're gonna have a takeaway from Kubrick, and there's lots of takeaways you can do from Kubrick, but if there's one that you should be thinking of, it's the fact that everything he did was intentional. Yeah, yeah. And whether or not he actually was as anal as he was, because there's conflicting accounts yeah. about this. But 
the thing is, is that he used the technology because there was a reason to use it. Yeah. He wasn't just like, I want to steady cam this because it's the new I hot day. Whatever, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. They got the steady cam. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. He did. He specifically did tracking shots for the ho- for when they're doing the hotel tour. Yeah. It's tracking. It's not a steady cam. Yeah. We could have steady cammed it. Yeah. We could have had them following the four people yeah. and right. him just panning around the hotel. I mean, there but are no, shots no, no. that, that don't move at all. Right. Yeah. Just shots that yeah. didn't move at all. Right. I mean, there's lots of places where you could have put a steady cam, but you don't. You yeah. did. He he didn't. Yeah. And so it's like in this case, Kubrick knew when to use things and when not. I mean, it's like it's like 2001. You yeah. know, it's like. 2001 is probably the best example of like when do we mount a camera where do we mount a camera how do we mount the camera how do we get things to spin around while the camera's mounted like but it also shows the intelligence behind it because that's why that trike shot is so famous because if the whole movie was like that it wouldn't stand out exactly but it it, it somehow ingrained itself in in i mean it's a it's less about the fact that the kid is even riding the right, trike. Right. It's more about this is why people don't pick apart the fact that he's riding the trike. People pick apart the fact that he's riding around the hotel and going to places that don't make any physical sense. Yeah. Like and then <laughs> and then you get the third time or it's either the second or third time where he's riding the trike and he turns the corner and there's the two twins again. Yeah. So Kubrick is using yeah. this this method of okay here's what the hotel is yeah here's here's what the hotel looks like on any given day on yeah. a normality quote unquote <laughs> and here's the hotel actually where yeah. it bends reality the steady cam is following danny as he's riding his bike he goes from the kitchen to oh suddenly he's in hotel rooms yeah. um he goes from upstairs to suddenly he's somewhere else and just uses the steady cam to connect parts of this hotel that don't make any fucking sense and that's what actually contrasted and i think that's what's important here is that it's contrasted with the tracking shots which show the hotel in its quote normal state right 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 in in what you should understand and and you you, go ahead oh you could look at it like that which is great but there's also like the element of like um following the kid as he like this is what this kid does because he's trapped in here and it's like he plays with his toys and he rides that trike around and i mean everyone's ridden on a bike so we all kind of know or most people um so but like even like something as simple as like that repetitive like sound design where it goes from the the wood to the carpet wood carpet wood carpet wood carpet you know yeah just that repetitiveness of it and it's just like is this kid just like going around because this is just this is his life. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's just like the, 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 the repetitiveness of that, the boredom of that, you know, like there, there's a lot more than just the contrast. Totally. Right? There's layers. Is I coming mean, from here. I'm just yeah. boiling, trying to boil it down yeah. to right. something simple. There's, yeah. there's layers upon layers of shit that yeah. he uses. Right. I mean, cause like, there's a the co- bunch of ways you can look at it, but marathon man, it's really hard to look at that steady cam stuff and be like, this is really serving the story. Yeah. Like, I feel like Marathon Man would still be a really good movie without the city cam, totally. but The Shining wouldn't be as good without the city cam. Yeah, totally. like, like the, the contrast with The Shining is important. The sh- the contrast in Marathon Man is it important, but I don't, and like, I know you guys aren't saying this either, but there it's it's not important to have contrast with the city cam because no. you could have movies 
like Russian Ark or whatever it is. One hundred percent correct, right? That, or that, Victoria, where yeah, it's like that, a bunch of that have cam, yeah. a full that you utilize the Steadicam for continuous takes the entire movie, and 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 some people may say it's a gimmick. Some people may say it's not, depending on just how you how you view the film. But um, right. But Let, let's just these... retire the word gimmick. Right. Because I get so tired of people saying, oh, it's just a gimmick. Yeah. Because they're, they're just choosing to say, I'm ignoring this movie because it did something special. But a part of, yeah, part of it is, in a, in a, in a, honestly, <coughs> a part of it's like jealousy, though. Like, honestly. <laughs> like, honestly, I think it's a lot of it's like jealousy, though. You know what I mean? It's, I, think, totally, I think yeah. Keith is jealous of Black Panther. Because oh, I gave uh, the spoilers well, no, I He wanted to watch it. <laughs> no, I think, uh, for me personally, the most, one of the, one of the top three most important things about cinema is contrast. You understand things yeah. in terms of contrast. Yeah. Um, it boils down to your emotions. It boils down to your thought process. You understand things in terms of contrast. Uh, the only reason I Cho- brought that choosing up. Choosing when and when not to use it, too. Oh, that, too. Important. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like and, when you're having like a, a scene that's like super fucking violent and raw and fucking just like crazy, but yet it's shot in this like super dreamy way. It's like yeah. the viewer's like, whoa, what the fuck? You or, know, like. Yeah. I think the best example, too, is also like when you have a really heavy, sad, intense moment. And then you throw a joke in at the yeah, end to yeah. kind of just bring it in. Yeah. That, that's contrast. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 levity. That's how you like just deal with things yeah. sometimes. And I just bring that up because the steady and it to reinforce the fact that Kubrick used the steady cam in very certain shots as a like I said, he could have shot the fucking I mean you could have shot the hotel in uh walk around tour scene yeah. in a bajillion different ways. Yeah. But he chose to shoot it tracking yeah. and he chose to show the hotel from point of view by steadicam hell it's and fucking, that's a difference it's kubrick he could have shot the whole fucking thing on a crane on a dolly right like the dolly yeah. could have been on some fucking motorized thing, fucking thing yeah yeah he could have shot the whole thing on steadicam. i mean yeah. it's yeah. just where he chooses to employ the technology is what you should be paying yeah. attention to i think is what and, it boils down to and the the stair scene like you could do that same scene with the same blocking in a hallway and but that scene is that scene is better because of the height difference exactly. between the two. Like she is so yeah. pathetic. Or you could have done she, it handheld. Ha- yeah. Or, or you could have done he a handheld. Used it on wires. Yeah. You know. Like or a, on wires. Yeah. There's yeah. A, like, there's there's he could have put a they could have put a track on the staircase. Yeah. And had them move. Yeah. In that way. But it's, I mean right. the blocking would be a little different, it's different. but it's fucking doable. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's just you, you get you get more time with the steady cam right you know like the steady cam like you could do that whole shit on wires but you're gonna get way more time yeah with well the steady cam with your too, actors is kubrick was known to you know have you know 50 40 you know even you know supposedly 70 takes you know takes. yeah of 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 things and where the steady cam i mean that's so for the steady cam operator but it would be quicker you know reload yeah. the film real quick and then fucking go you know right, right. it, it and the steady cam, I think one of the most important parts of the steady cam is like what Jacob brought up is like the time that you can take with things. Like the 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 room two thirty space. Right. Yeah. The, the, the time space relationship. The room two thirty seven scene where he's walking into the bathroom because of they say that there's an intruder in the hotel. That takes forever Ever, yeah. to walk through that room to get there. And it's floating around because it's a steady cam. It's what the steady cam does, it just kind of floats around yeah, and yeah, like yeah. It's POV. And you don't yeah. realize it's POV until he puts his hand there and opens the door. But you're just like, it's just dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> the tension. It's, it's so Hitchcockian 
too, because it's, it's, it's the tension it's, and build up to the reveal. And it's, it's just fucking. It's it's tangible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if it was a, if it was a track, it just wouldn't have had the same feeling. No. The track Dolly track doesn't float like the Steadicam does. Right. And I think float is like one of the best ways to describe yeah. it because it just it's what it does. It I just mean, hangs and, there. And, and it, it again, where I'm going to bring up Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson has these brilliant fucking Steadicam shots, like in. In Boogie what? Nights, but he has amazing dolly shots as well. Yeah, totally. Like that crazy yeah. fucking dolly shot in The Master. There's a diff- there's a reason why he's done a steady cam versus a dolly shot because he's got both sometimes in the same fucking right. movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's a language, and it's a language that maybe the casual filmmaker or casual film goer may not see, but it's something that I think, like you said, contrast. The, even the yeah. contrast of the fucking dolly shot and a steady cam yeah. shot. Exactly. If it's the language of the film is to do long takes and then to really fucking like get that viewer to fucking feel a punch, you you do a dolly shot instead of a steady cam shot, but yet it's still in the realm of a fucking long take. Yeah. You, you're going to notice that subconsciously. It's like the Tarkovsky long takes. Yeah. Yeah. Tarkovsky long takes because he was making films before the steady cam. Yeah. And so like. You know the one of the most famous con, uh, long takes is that I, I want to say it's in the mirror when it's kind of going yeah. back and forth with the burning house. Yeah, that's all Dolly. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. Dolly. Yeah, because I mean, well, one because the Steadicam didn't exist, but it's just and he's used crane shots in um, Andre Andre Rublev yeah, and, totally. um, and yeah. Ivan's childhood. You know, and and they and they stand apart from anything else that he's done it's because so different. It, it's different. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. The technology is crazy. Um, so, have you finished up with the history of Steadicam yet? Pretty much, yeah. So, Byron <laughs> talked to Byron talked now about gonna... the True Detective scene, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we can move on pretty quick here because I'm kind of curious. I get, I get the feeling I know what the answers are, but I think we should jump into some roundtable stuff. Let's um, do it. And I don't. You know. You guys do do me first. Let's do. I want to do just a quick takeaway. Oh, if you oh, guys have takeaways, idea. let's just do quick takeaways. Steady we'll cam takeaway. Yeah, we'll do some roundtable stuff. Uh, basically, my I have two quick ones. Uh, steady cam, get creative with your shots and think vertically as well as horizontally. I think that's important. I think it was a bound of glory said yeah. too is that think mm-hmm. vertically. Uh, the very first shot that's most one of the most important shots for the steady cam told you to think beyond what you can. Um, and long takes, I love them to death, but be sparing and know when to use them. If your whole film is a series of long takes, it will diminish the effect. This goes with, you know, uh, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, uh, fucking uh, Goodfellas, stuff like that. Just, yeah. you know, know when to use your long take. I think True Detective right. is a good example because in an interview, Fukunaga, Kerry Fukunaga, the director, said, you know, I knew I had a chance. I knew I had, like, essentially one time to use the long take. When am I going to use it? He picked that time. Yeah, it's Byron perfect, broke down the scene a little bit more, and it was a good time. So know when to use it, um, or go to the extreme, I guess, and be like Victoria or Russian Arc, where your whole film is a, is one yeah. big long take. Right, because um, that's a choice. Right, yeah. it is a choice. But if you're yeah. going to do a bunch of long yeah. takes, you know, we talked about this with the rope early on. It really diminishes kind of the effect of the film. Because you need the contrast. You need if you're gonna have a long take, you gotta yeah. have a short take, and you're gonna have a long take. Well, like with take. Victoria, there's a there is a contrast with the sense of like of what you're seeing visually versus how it's shot. Right. Whereas rope, not so much. Right. <laughs> right. Um, just just be surprising. Yeah. You know, because yeah. because Birdman is made to look like an entire long take, and I know that Keith doesn't like Birdman. I actually I don't know if uh, I don't like Birdman. Byron, I, Byron Birdman. Even I, Birdman. I, I like I like Birdman. Birdman. Right. Yeah. But th- yeah. but that movie. 
great example of something that is just yeah. like here's a really long take steady cam action um, well shit the revenant even has amazing steady the, the revenant shots. is yeah, even yeah. like that oh, yeah but uh all right <laughs> gonna let's put let's let's put I need your my, kleenex what, away what put your it? kleenex away <laughs> Uh, but I need what I'm saying, tissue right now. what I'm saying is, is, is try to be surprising. Um, the in Birdman, even though they're utilizing that same camera technology for the entire movie, they're still surprising you with like that scene with the guy with the fucking drums. Dude, you know, so like they're awesome, yeah. they're like picking things to like keep that surprise there. So yeah. as long as you still have surprise, I think you're good. And sometimes using that steady cam can be really surprising. Totally. So. You know, if the wor- the hardest movie to sit through is an unsurprising movie, the it boils down to have a reason, yeah, to why you're doing it. Because if you have a reason for everything, people will accept it more. Yeah, I mean, like my like my takeaway would be, you know, it's just good to have a reason, and it doesn't have to be like what Paul Thomas Anderson with Boogie Nights, where he's introducing characters or, or whatever. Kubrick or something. I yeah. think it could be it could be something as simple as setting up location. Yeah, you know, um, I think that's it, how. Um, in uh, don't breathe. Did it? Yeah, I think you know, they set up the house with the Steadicam. Show. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's like it's not about being showy. I mean, I am all for being showy. There's a reason why I have a, I have a, a, a I I'm a little bit of a sucker for some of the Michael Bay movies. I don't mind him as a director because he he opens shit up for other filmmakers um right but uh, I, I i love michael bay too yeah like there's, i'm right you know there. i'm not I, i'm not i'm not a huge hater you know michael what i mean bay he's sucks. my favorite director just like michael <laughs> bay sucks. he's not my favorite director but but I, he's my I, most he influential sucks. director just like just like he's byron's he's, most influential. He's, he's definitely opened the way you know for other filmmakers you know um he's opened something like sure. uh but but I think it's not a, it's not about necessarily um, being showy. You know, it's 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 about using it for a reason. But but be broad with that reasoning. It's not about care. It's not necessarily all about character. It could be location. It could be atmosphere. It could be the thing you know, about the audience that. is that the only reason I say use yeah. it for reason is because the audience will pick up on right. It has to be yeah. yeah. So even if it's the reasoning is that they're. If the reasoning is fairly simple, they'll still pick up on the fact that there's a reasoning. Yeah. You know? Right. That's, yeah. That I mean, it just can't be yeah. a reason. Just, like, Just think about it. Yeah. Exactly. It just, just think about it. Just it just can't be a reason. Like, if you're going to do a movie about a little kid who just opened a present and then he's going to get that present taken away or whatever, that's it. You know, nobody's going to make that movie. But, but, like, why have a steady cam shot besides this, like, Oh, I just want it to make it look yeah. expensive. You know, it's like the whole like reasoning fun. why a lot of these newer films are all handheld. It's like, yeah. well, we needed to do handheld because we needed to shoot it fast, or like we just didn't want to do a tripod. Yeah. That's not a good reason. People will pick up on the fact that this movie didn't need to be shot yeah. handheld, right? Because yeah. or like Jason Bourne, we needed to make all those movies interesting, so we have extreme, these crazy <laughs> extreme handheld shots that you can't tell what's right. going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That's not a good reason, right? Yeah. Like it has to be a reason. In, but it has to be a reason that actually makes sense. Yeah, um, right. It's like La- you, it's you like could, yeah, it's like La La Land. You know, they fucking use everything in that movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you you could like copy paste that idea to and apply all to literally everything in filmmaking. Yeah, right. You know, right. Yeah. Script writing. Have a reason for this. Yeah. You know, any sort of equipment. Narration. Why do you need this yeah. light? Have a reason. For <laughs> narration. If it's Keith, don't use it. Yeah. Otherwise, think about it. If I'm a producer <laughs> and you bring me a narration script. <laughs> out the window yeah. burn it right now in yeah. my office with a fucking lighter keith, keith not only that he'll call keith will call you into his office get your hopes up and then be like are you uh jeff uh so-and-so yeah. and you'll be like yes i am 
and then he'll just take out a lighter, yeah. take out your script, burn it in front of him. He won't. Poop he won't. It, right he won't Weinstein you, but you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna right. go as far as to Weinstein you, yeah. but yeah, he won't hit the button under his desk. It'll be covered in feces. No, that's that's what's his name? That's his, <laughs> that's uh, that's the news dude. I don't know. That is the news dude. Uh, Andy Lauer, whatever his name is. Uh, Matt Lauer. Matt, Matt Lauer. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy with the button. Creeper. Yeah. I don't Weird. actually know. I just know of the button. Yeah, he I had. I didn't he, know there was a guy. He had the button. Wow. Yeah. See, um, the guy uh, Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec. He has the button. Well, supposedly, too. but that's just to close the doors to keep people out. Well, yeah, no, that's 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 <laughs> but that's but that's what he had it for. Oh, but but but, to keep but yeah, no, in. I guess I guess most. Uh, well, not maybe not most, but a lot of the executives of of like CBS, NBC, all those CNN, they all have those. You know? Right. It makes sense because it's like you know he got it close the door right yeah and i don't want to get up for things <laughs> it's too inconvenient you gotta have All a right. private breakfast yeah. jacob what's yeah. your takeaway <laughs> oh i already I already demanded oh, okay. it's uh it, it was a branch off of yours okay cool i, I stole your idea and cast i think and awesome. I, mine was a branch of yours so we cool. were all living off of the tree of keith right yeah. so so keith, <laughs> how, how are you? i want to do a tree of life parody that's a tree of keith there you go <laughs> perfect new short film idea that's great um that's great <laughs> So one thing we didn't mention at the top of this episode. We're just sap suckers. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, one thing we it's didn't true. mention at the top of this episode was the fact that it is 47 and not 52, but it is a year of podcasting for us here. Um, we had to skip some weeks for various things, but we essentially started this podcast back in March of last year. Crazy. Uh, which is crazy. So I just want to say cheers to you guys. Cheers. We have cheers. some, yeah. we have some shots here. Uh, Are you guys doing one. doubles? <laughs> it's uh, they're one and a half. They're one and a half. Yeah. Oh, wow, one and a half. So you guys are. St- I, I better. T- I just have a uh, fifth, so I'm gonna just take a big old swig of it. Well, yeah, just do a whole fifth. Yeah, and that will Um, so let's jump into the round table now that we're uh, nice and liquored up. Oh yeah. Um, who are we doing with Jacob? You said you want to go first. Yeah, you guys can do me first. Yeah, let's I think do that's it. Good. I think it's good. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I'm gonna say The Shining. Because I think it's just clearly a better movie. Um, I, Marathon Man's not a bad movie, but I think The Shining is just it's a it's a special movie in cinema history. There's a lot that goes on around it. Um, it's not so horrific that people can't watch it. I just think that it's uh, I think it's your movie. A rotting woman in a bathtub. So, what? Yeah. So you're saying that even though even though The Shining's box office multiplier was less than Marathon Man's box office multiplier. Yeah, I think, uh, like Byron said, the rotting woman in the bathtub is what sold it. <laughs> I did have to get the get the secretion tissue <laughs> yeah, after that one. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the scene. Um, I'm going to say, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play... I'm I'm going to go off on a limb, and I'm going to say Marathon Man. De- the Devil's Advocate. I'm going to play here. Devil's Advocate... I think you obviously recognize the genius of Kubrick, and you under- love Eyes and, Wide Shut, and understand that 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 The Shining um, is probably a superior film. I think you know that maybe, um, and, and that you maybe and that, and that, <laughs> maybe. That, maybe. That, how that, condescending that, that you that you like you know Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall's performance, but I think maybe uh, I'm going to go with the fact that. There's something about how Marathon Man used genre and kind of um, uh, t- like it, it, it's it's more than just a genre movie, if that makes sense. 
in in in, in that it's 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 like the perfect genre movie, but yet it's it's different than any genre movie that you'd see today. If that makes any sense, like I, I think I don't know. I don't know how to fucking describe that. It's okay. You're um, playing devil's yeah. advocate on yeah, a I'm, on an opinion right. you don't actually it, believe in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of. I, I I mean, I really like Marathon. He's Man. going. He's going with his gut. That's cool. Yeah. I, no. I mean, we I need really, to have different. I really like that movie. I mean, I I really actually like to do both of these movies. That, separately or something at some other time so we could talk about like the movie yeah. you know instead of the steady cam yeah we uh, didn't talk right. about marathon yeah. man all we, that much besides Steadicam. yeah well even i mean even the shining is like thematically or anything you know yeah. right yeah no no well, we're things. gonna do but kubrick for sure Sh- so. shining is but fucking destroyed with thematically so if people want that they can just go find they could just google themes of yeah. the shining yeah yeah and they can find literally anything but like that goes way deeper than anything i, think, I, think, I guess basically with. i'm thinking maybe you'd be i think maybe marathon man maybe surprise you more because yeah. like sure everybody everybody knows the shining is a good movie whereas marathon man i think is one of those kind of like unsung it's a hidden gem unsung gem. yeah it's it's yeah. it's yeah all right let's hear it Okay. Um, well, Keith, I love you to death, but you're totally right, actually. <laughs> God damn it! Built him up, Shit. take him down. Um, God. Shining. I I like The Shining more. God uh, damn it! I don't think I've seen a Kubrick film that I didn't like. Marathon Man. I on honestly, the. The Steadicams did bother me <laughs> in this movie. I was oh. like, "This is the Steadicam." It's movie? funny because the Steadicams, like, the Steadicams actually oh, in that shit. movie because the the technology is so new actually look more like the glide cams of today. Where they don't oh, look where great. they yeah, wobble, yeah. they're kind of shaped a little bit of they a, wobble. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they do wobble. They're wobblies, but also like the I just actually didn't really like Marathon Man that much, and I know oh, that's wow. probably wow. the worst thing to say. I just I I. It was hard to get into for me. Like, um, there was a lot happening, and I, I tried to. I it was just kind of hard to follow. You didn't me. like the fact that Dustin <laughs> Hoffman is clearly thirty-five, playing a twenty-some-year-old graduate student, right? I, I mean, I like the scene where he's like, "I'm running here, I'm running here." I like that scene. That was a good scene. <laughs> or the fact that he a, creepily follows scene. that woman home, that's, and then that's she like loves cowboy. him. That's midnight cowboy. Oh, that is. Oh shit. Okay, my bad. I'm walking here. Oh, walking. Yeah. I um, thought he was running. I just I misunderstood. <laughs> I think, the, uh, but I like Dustin Hoffman. Like okay. Graduate's one of my favorite movies. But and perfume, um, you like perfume, and perfume is one of my yeah, favorite yeah. movies too. Um, but I I think The Shining's better. There's a lot there's a lot more going on in The Shining. Uh, yeah. A lot more to look at, um, <clears throat> and just as far as like the performances, I, they're way better in The Shining than they are in this. I feel movie. like that's peak Jack Nicholson. It it is kind it's kind of like the perfect role for it really both is. of them. Yeah, and even the like if there's a movie with a kid and I love the kid's performance, dude, he was that's, good. That stands out to me. Yeah, yeah and th- yeah, that yeah, yeah. happened for me in this movie because yeah. it's it's rare when I see a kid's movie and I'm like I'm not just annoyed by yeah. the kids, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, dude, yeah. No, yeah go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I think we should end on Byron. Um, okay, because oh he likes both of these a lot. I know. So yeah, 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 yeah. Should end on him as the climax here. Get <laughs> yeah. your get your secretion get your... tissues ready. <laughs> uh, get your steady necks yeah. out. So <laughs> you guys can your, guess for your clean cams. Your clean cams. You guys can guess for me for this one. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I, I, I just 
totally Kubrick, you know, be and uh, just because it's good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just because it's just because it's good. Plus, I I think you got that like you got that Kubrick bug that a lot of academics have, uh, like film academics, and uh, I think that's a huge part of it too. You get a devil's advocate, Byron. There's a part of me that really wants to be a devil's advocate on this too, because I really want to, you know. De- Hmm. Marathon Man is more I mean, noirish. I mean, because the thing about I love the seventies. There's something about the seventies that's like, that's a just, very that, crazy that's, decade for that's filmmaking. That's just so fucking crazy, and and Marathon Man fits in the seventies so fucking well, especially when it comes to genre. Whereas The Shining, fucking 1980. You know, it's on the cusp of a whole new decade, and it and it fucking showed everybody like shit you know we're fucking in it now we're we're in we're in a, in a new era. we're in the 80s we're in a new era yeah, yeah. yeah. and kubrick knew fucking super knew that um so i want to i want to play at devil's advocate and i know that i don't think you're playing into the kubrick like oh i love kubrick because i'm a filmmaker um because I think you've been familiar with Kubrick as I think maybe all three of us have been for longer than we were, you know, before we were into yeah. the film um, in, right. in college. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with Kubrick. I'm going to go with The Shining because I think I think horror is kind of your thing, even though I know mm-hmm. thrillers and genre with Nicholas Winding Refn and everything is There's kind some of mystery to Marathon Man too. Yeah. And and I and I and, yeah. I, and I and and he's kind of like he almost is kind of a detective in a way. Um because he's finding these things out um throughout the film. But I'm gonna right. go with the shining because it's just overall maybe a more superior film and I know that that when you rate things you definitely go for I mean even for me, I'm a sucker for like if I like one aspect of the film so much, I will fucking take that over the rest of the film, and I will I will see right. I won't see the faults of everything else. Where where you're more like you're more fucking like honest and brutal. Where you're like you know no, I'm not going to forgive it for that. You know, um, <laughs> I'll so, take that. I like so, that yeah, description. So I, I like that's, that description. That's why I'm going with the shiny. That's how I feel about the plus, shape of plus, water. Yeah. <laughs> plus, you have that. Uh, I th- I think you like the center point. Cinema, like the center point image style, I think you're a fan of that stuff, yeah. and that's a big Kubrick thing. That's true. So I think if if there was one thing that would tip you over, like if they were literally the same movie and one had center point, I think you'd go for the center point movie. Yeah, The Shining is definitely the the winner in this one. Um, I didn't dislike Marathon Man, but it was kind of it did get kind of boring. Like for two hours, it was a little boring. I felt like there's chunks I could cut out, um, but it was like a three star, you know. Right, right, five. right. It was, was watchable, and I may watch it again. It wasn't one that I would just say like I would never watch that again. Uh, but The Shining is is The Shining is w- a movie where it's like if we put it up against a lot of other movies, I'd probably pick The Shining okay. over because yeah. it's just so peculiar. And I'm not even like. I like conspiracy theories, but I don't buy into the conspiracy theories for The Shining. I think a lot of people are just bullshitting around for, for the sake <laughs> of bullshitting. Like Room 237, I think you could watch the documentary, but I think it's a bad documentary. I just think it's uh, I think it's just a lot of horse shit. Um, but I, liked, I do like the filmmaking of The Shining, uh, just overall. I do like the center point. I like symmetry. I like, I like things being stuck in the middle. Um, 
and it just it's just a it's just a weird movie i and it's one of those movies too that i I specifically remember being afraid of as a kid and i just wouldn't watch it and then when i watched it later i'm so jealous of you man i wish i saw it as a kid it was just i I, so wish i I didn't really see it because like when horror stuff came up when I was a kid, I would just avoid it because I just yeah. it was just if I avoid it, I won't think about it, and it'll be fine. Yeah. That type of thing. It was just you know out of sight, man. out of mind. That's um, how I was. And oh, God, I'm so and just jealous, watching man. it later, you're just kind of like, it's good, and it has its faults. It has a lot of faults. It has a lot. It's it's not a perfect movie. I think the the weird cuts to the skeletons in the fucking lobby are just bad. Uh, really bad. Um, they, the insert shots. The insert shots. Yeah. They're terrible. They don't. They don't add tension. Oh. They don't add anything. Yeah. Um, I've and always the, and those, I love and those. those might I hate not, those. And I've heard that those might not have even been filmed with like Kubrick present. Probably not. No. The, a lot what, of it. Yeah. Like that. A lot of it was B. Uh, yeah. B team. The yeah. the second director. Like even the whole intro film. shot. That I mean, Kubrick that wasn't, wasn't Kubrick. even yeah. wasn't even in the same fucking continent. When those and that's filmed. that's the problem with that too of his perfectionism because apparently those shots showed the rotor blades of the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Or the helicopter. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. There's lots of weird things. The intro oh. section, the whole intro section of the movie is really bad. Yeah, I think. He didn't fucking leave um, England, and all those right. exterior shots England. were exactly. filmed in fucking Oregon. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because he was. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of problems with it. It's a great movie. Five out of five mm. for sure. Um, but there, I, I am very critical of certain parts of it for sure. Um, but it's one of those ones where you kind of gotta watch it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna pick three movies of Kubrick's that you have to watch. Yeah. This is one of them that you have to watch. It's just, it is, just, it is essential. It is. Kubrick. Yeah, it yeah. is pretty essential. Um, and it just, it did a lot. I mean, there's a lot to talk about about it. I mean, Shelley Duvall's experience, Jack Nicholson's experience, just even the kid, the kid's experience. Cause like, he just, didn't know it was a horror film. Right. Yeah. I, so which is fascinating. Just, oh, gosh, I'm so jealous of you guys. I wasn't aware of this film when I was a kid. I wasn't, you know, it was 1980s. I wasn't. It's not even that jealous, though. It's because, like, I didn't even no, watch it. But I mean, I don't think I ever But I, but I am, though, because, like, I I didn't I didn't recognize that it was a classic horror film. I remember right. my family, because we didn't have internet and TV and stuff, we would go to bookstores all the time. That right. was kind of something that we passed the time on. And I remember going, looking at the DVDs at Half Price Books. And I remember seeing the white DVD of The Shining, and I remember taking it, and I'm like, "What's it? What's what's The Shining? The Shining as a movie title just it's for weird. some yeah. for some reason weird. intrigued yeah. me. That and the the weird yellow poster where the fucker looks like an alien. Yeah, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Yeah, you know, it's like, make I, remember, sense. I remember taking it, Oops. and I remember looking at the back <laughs> of it, and I remember seeing Shelley Duvall's face with the axe in the forefront with her like screaming. And I recognized her because she had done some videos for kids where she would like read books aloud. And I remember my mom checking those out from the library when we were super young. And I was like, that's the chick that, that read books aloud on videotape, you know, that we checked out from the library when we were young. And I remember seeing that. And, um, I just remember like, this is something that's supposed to be horrific. You know, and I just yeah, think that exactly. was weird, but I, I did, I just couldn't like get into it. And it wasn't a year until years later that my mom bought it for my brothers and I for Christmas that I realized that it was a classic horror film, yeah. you know, essential. Oh, it's funny. For sure. yeah. Can, can we talk about the poster real quick? Cause it is a Saul Bass poster and I wanted to talk oh, about shit. the pro- process real fast. I didn't even know that. Fuck. 
So there's a lot to this because Shining is such a big movie. Uh, so this is all like to light. But Saul Bass went through a whole like when you're designing a poster, you go through a whole bunch of different styles, you know, for people to pick. And you you basically you want a whole bunch of really good ideas or any idea that comes to mind. You want to paint it out or however you design it and throw it up, throw it to the like up on walls, bring a bunch of people in and be like, which one do you guys? Yeah, like? totally. You know, that that is the typical practice for this. So Saul Bass did this and he, yeah. And he had um, like a hand with, with like the tricycle on the inside of it for the poster, which is a really cool idea. He had like the, the three of them in the family with like this weird pointillism art going on. He had the, the maze with an eye um, like, so like the iris is like the maze yeah. part. So it's like an eye. So it's like almost big brother ish. And yeah. then he had one where it's like, just the hotel so like that establishing shot where it's like the the big fucking hotel that they have um and he he came up with all these ideas and they didn't like any of them and then he came up with the the shining poster idea where it's just like the the whole the like frozen face like in the which is not even a human's face let's let's be honest it's not a human's face well it's because it's Saul bass and that's like that's not what Saul bass does like he he's into shapes he's into like designing things that are metaphorically other people so when you get into like the realism like style of it it it, it doesn't it like it, it doesn't even come off as a picasso yeah. because right. picasso's like trying to yeah. be like anti-realism like he's trying to make it look real while it's right while it's not really that's crazy so, i didn't know Saul bass man. it's just like that horror face in there which actually it could be the kid's horrific face like in one of the insert shots that's kind of what it looks like a little bit more because it is kind of looking up uh if if you but the you, you know i don't know yeah, it's yeah. just it's just kind of it's just one of those things where you have this filmmaker who is re- he's really controlling you know uh, and he's like i don't like any of these yeah and he settles on this one and it's just like one of the faults of having someone who it's like it's about his yeah totally vision. yeah you know you get this weird but, disconnect sometimes yeah yeah you yeah you get like these weird they like this is one of Saul Bass's yeah. like not it's like one of his worst like big movies totally. that he did for for poster design that is. Uh, <laughs> okay so we need to do Byron real quick so we can speed on to the other things we need to, oh yeah we holy to shit do. we haven't done Byron yeah exactly <laughs> so let's just not really give too much yeah, yeah. to say I'm gonna say The Shining like uh, for a lot uh, of reasons I'm just, uh I'm just going to go with my gut. Marathon Man for the... Even though the tone of The Shining is better. Uh, Marathon Man. Yeah. Uh, thriller, I, go. Um, I, I am a huge sucker for any film that deals with, like, finding gold or jewelry. No yes. way! So I, I really... Yes. I, don't know, I really like Marathon uh, Man, but... Oh! I would, <laughs> I would have to go with The Shining. I would have to go with The Shining. <sighs> Damn. I'm gonna have to go what to Shining is... just because it's one of those movies for me. And this, in this, and this is a huge part of it. I love movies that seem like when you wake up and you're a little groggy and you almost are trying to rec- recollect a dream. Yeah. Um. And 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 there's there's very few films that do this, but The Shining is one of them for me. Yeah. And it's uh it's one of those ones that I can keep keep watching, and every time I watch it, and I've seen this movie a lot, I feel. Even though maybe I, if I haven't, I feel like I've seen it again for the first time in a way. Yeah, it's a weird. There's, I feel that weird. way every time yeah, I watch yeah. it. Yeah, it's weird. And yeah. and and that's why I like it so much. Um, Marathon Man, though, if it was paired up with any other genre film of that era, it'd be tough because I I really do like it. Um, nice. So 
Yeah, no, but so yeah, cool. shining. Right. Shining. Yeah, so marathon, we all, marathon man. Good pick, Byron. We all want the shining. <laughs> <laughs> we all want the shining. Which I'm not I surprised. Would have guessed. That. I would have guessed that yeah. for sure. Sweet. With yeah. this um, I was like fifty fifty on saying, "Hey, we all like the shining." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Sweet. but marathon man is is pretty good for like. I mean, I didn't really like it, but I understand why people. Yeah, like it's it. not bad, but I wish we would have watched yeah. Bound for Glory. Yeah, I mean, but when you pair it with Rocky, other thrillers yeah, of that time, I mean, it's fucking phenomenal. I mean, some of them are just so bad. You yeah, know? totally. Right. I think it's good to get that contrast of like, st- like here's a really good use of Steadicam, and here's where it like kind of falls away. I think right? it's you know? good. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. The contrast. Yeah. yeah, which we talked about earlier. Yeah, look at that yeah. tie-ins. It all connects. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's move on to this weekend recommends. So this week's weekend recommends comes from Brittany Sterling, who says, which Brittany is a friend of all of ours um, who we went to school with. Uh, she says, "Oh, uh, all right, she, all right well, yeah. well, whatever. All right." <laughs> uh, anyway, she says, "Raw. It's a coming of age story of a girl going to college to be a veterinarian. It's kind of her family's profession. They are vegetarian too, but." She gets the taste of human flesh and gets the hunger. It's a super good indie horror film. I thought it wasn't too horrific, but apparently showing at the twenty apparently at the showing at the twenty sixteen Toronto International Film Festival, some of the viewers fainted. So take that into account if you're a squeamish person. Um, I really love Raw. Raw is five out of five for me. Yeah. We we've um, talked about we've this talked about this because I yeah. I think we were just starting out the podcast right when I had seen it and I was gushing about it. So watch Raw. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Bring your secretion tissues to the show. Your gushing tissues. Yeah, your yeah. your gushing. <laughs> your gushing. Your gushing tissues. Your secretion tissues. Your your cum tissues. Anything. Anything of those in that regard. Um, <laughs> you know, bring right. it to raw. What, <laughs> whatever Byron would bring to a theater, bring that. Yeah, exactly. And hide it. Nazi, in your, hide it in your Nazi paraphernalia. <laughs> you know, any <laughs> anything like yeah, that. Yeah, trench coat and ice cream. There, oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. he goes to the movies that's, naked. That's so weird yeah. of a combination of movies naked. I don't even know. Oh, I don't even own a trench coat. That's so weird. That's so. Um, that's so creepy. Yeah. But uh, a trench coat with ice cream. Yeah. That's a weird thing. But I can vouch for this. Combo. Raw is a really good movie. Besides anything that you might consider horrific, um, I think it's totally overblown. Uh, but it's actually a good movie. Beyond that, um, yeah. So. Good pick. Good pick. Great pick. Okay, so we're going to move on to this last little bit here, which we didn't introduce at the the beginning of this episode. But Jacob (laughs) and Byron and I have all been kind of thinking and brainstorming and and just kind of thinking about the future of the podcast. And we've kind of come up with some things that we'd like to start doing, um, which I don't have pulled up. So, Jacob, if you want to... Do you want me to just do it? Slowly take it away until I can pull up the... What we had here. Well, your part is uh, pretty small, so do you want me to just do it here? Hold on one or, second. Or we'll just stall. Hold on. <laughs> so, Byron, if you, if you could guess what Raw's about, just by the title, as a kid, what as would you say kid, Raw's um, about? Um, yeah. I would say no something condoms. about a young boy. <laughs> a young boy. Keith, you're supposed to be looking. Something. I would probably say, as a young kid, it was it'd be a young boy um, for the first time eating sushi and realizing that the smell of sushi that his mom cooked was actually the smell of his mom's 
private area no. after oh no after, se- after oh my god after sex no, with oh why did i ask you <laughs> all right all hey, right you asked for it all right you asked for all it right. oh why did no you one ask, ask for that no one wanted uh, that you asked okay. for it all right now that we've covered that let's cover this new thing we'd like to do because right. let's cover iron is great so so i'll, I'll blame that on uh, uh, keith's uh, wild turkey see i was I, thinking yeah. <laughs> see i was thinking you know, bathing in raw chicken or something like that, or raw right. beef, you know, but or, or hey, raw but, you know. guys, honestly, honestly, it was your discussion of the shape of water that did it you for pull, me. <laughs> you pulled the That's Jacob true. and went more extreme. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to our last back to back pitch uh, fest episode, then you would know Jacob went pretty extreme with his pitch. Um, I I think it's a great pitch. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think I mean, I mean we hit a three way tie, so like, yeah, you know, we did. I, yeah, yeah, that was, right. tough. that was tough. So. What I would like to talk about here is that in a few weeks, we'll have our 50th episode celebration. So this Ooh. this episode marks our one year, but we are kind of interested in this 50th episode thing because 50 marks 50 episodes. I mean, that's pretty big. I mean, that's right. pretty much a year. If you condense all the times we didn't record for a week or whatever, you know, this that's basically yeah, getting right. to a year. Z- zeros are significant. Totally. In the human mind. There they are. Uh, so Fun. to celebrate this, we're giving away three regal. Are we doing three or two? I feel like three is a weird number. I think we should three one from each of us. In oh, theory. okay, okay, oh, that, makes that makes sense. Okay, so three regal yeah. movie tickets. We're giving away three regal movie tickets. This is important to to understand this too. It's regal, so don't go to fucking AMC. Right. So yeah. So pay attention to where this is going <laughs> or, to, or Cinemark, <laughs> or whatever the other ones or are, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so. Jacob is going to talk to us a little bit more about this specific giveaway. Let's do it. Take it, it away. Um, so, as Keith said, three regal movie tickets that'll work at any regular showing at any regal cinema's theater. Okay, <laughs> it's just no in case you didn't realize is regal. regal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is it is it, we're being it's a little regal. facetious here, but it is important to understand that yes, yeah. we're giving away regal tickets. They won't be accepted accepted at a lot of other places. So if you are a regal right. person, if you're a listener and you have uh, AMC around you, you might have to go, go, to go out regal. of your way to go to Regal. No norm in big metropolitan areas, there's both. You know, yeah, but Bellingham totally. just has Regal. So totally. if you're in Bellingham, you're in luck. Okay. Right. So here's how you can get in the drawing to win these things. You can either like, rate and review us on Facebook. So that's our Facebook page at Back to Back Films Podcast. Like us and rate us on Facebook. That is one. Right. Like, oh, I wrote like, rate, and review. That's totally a typo on my end. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing is you can uh, like, review, and or subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. And then if you do all three of those platforms, so if you do SoundCloud, Apple, and Stitcher, then we'll drop your name in the drawing three times. So you get one for Facebook. One for SoundCloud, one for Pod- Apple Podcasts, one for Stitcher, if you want. So you could get a total of four. And the very last thing you can do is send us a weekend recommendation. So we just read one by Brittany. Um, so it's essentially just a non-mainstream movie recommendation. Um, it can be old. It can be, you know, just <laughs> basically if it's like, like a Disney produced. Don't pick Black Panther and be like, I recommend you go see this over the weekend. Right. Like the point, like a, the point yeah. here is to kind of diversify your viewing experience beyond what you find in the regal cinemas which we're giving you a ticket to <laughs> right like yeah, if yeah. if you're seeing ads for it don't recommend it because yeah. like that the whole point of this is to be like anti-advertising yeah. here 
Yeah. Maybe not um, Black so, Panther, but Black Dynamite. Black there Dynamite would yeah, be great. Exactly. Which is that new Black Dynamite, the guys who made Black Dynamite, yeah. are making a new movie, um, which looks awesome. Um, so, yeah, you basically just send the movie in, then write two to five sentences why people should watch, just like Britney's. Um, so, if for some reason you skipped over that, go back, you know, three minutes or whatever and uh, check it out. It's pretty so simple. That's just it. give us the movie, give us the description of yeah. of it, one sentence, why you liked it, you know. Right. So that's it. So Facebook, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, send us a weekend recommends. So that'll get your name in the drawing five times and we'll draw it. Only um, and if. Only. Oh, if you send us an email. Thank you for the segue. So that's going to be b2bfilmspodcast at gmail.com. So send us an email with the re- weekend recommends if you have it. And then also say like, hey, I did Facebook. I also rated you guys here, here, and here. Um, but I just want to clarify you have to send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com to have your name in the drawing if we don't we're going to respond if you you know say it back if you if you send us an email so if we don't respond that means you typed in the email wrong yeah or for some reason i typed it wrong here but i double checked this is the right email btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com at gmail.com super easy understand this please send an email to that with everything that you did and that's how we will be able to score right enter people into the drawing so because we like our listeners we're also given this special listener bonus and byron is going to tell you all about that yes so we definitely appreciate everyone that listens and likes our page for sure um in fact you know whatever you guys can do to even just continue a conversation or whatever is super and always appreciated so um because of this uh we are going to keep um this giveaway off of social media until March 20th. So if you complete all this stuff um, before we release our release any of this to social media, um, you'll get a bonus multiplier. So the bonus is for every time your name gets put in the drawing, we will multiply it by three. So if you like and rate us on Facebook, um, you know, like us on Apple podcast or SoundCloud or even Stitcher and send us a weekend recommends, You'll have your name 15 times in the drawing. All you have to do is complete this stuff before March 20th. However, if you happen to miss the March 20th deadline, um, the regular deadline we do have is March 30th. But you got to hit that March 20th for that, you know. You want that, that bonus. You want that bonus. You want that bonus. So winners will be announced on the 50th episode. So be sure to listen to see if you guys have won. And, like, this kind of stuff is pretty easy to do. It only takes a couple of minutes. It helps us out, like, a ton. Helps us out so much more than you probably realize. So just help us out, just, man. Like, just do yeah. it. And plus, like, if you've already liked us on Facebook, just email in and, be, and send us just – Write a weekend recommendation and send it in. Yeah, you're exactly. literally you get to whatever your voice is gets to be on our show and we'll read exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. like that's fun. And we want to hear your recommendations. We love hearing your recommendations. Yeah, it's always fun to have uh, you know new stuff to talk about. Exactly, right? Because I get sick of hearing about Nicholas Winding Refn. So, <laughs> yeah. Anytime <laughs> anyone's like, else, yeah. hey, so, yeah, sweet. anything so, else, Keith, or Tarantino's Angel. So, like I'm just sick of it. So Keith and I have it's to uh, talk more about Harmony Crenn then. Uh, pretty, pretty much, yeah. Oh god, <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> don't even get me started. So yeah, start talking about Ruben. Okay, let's talk Ghost. We're talking <laughs> Ghost next week. So just a quick recap, just real quick. So 
We're giving away three Regal movie tickets. You have ways to enter this giveaway. Uh, like and rate us on Facebook. You know, like, rate, follow, review. Reviewing is really important too. So like and review on iTunes. Um, those are big ones. Apple and also on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Uh, send us the recommendation. Uh, send it to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you do not, you will not be entered. I'm sorry if that's if you don't do this, if you don't catch that. But we're saying yeah. it again. If you would like to be entered, please send an f- email to btbfilmspodcast at and gmail.com. We'll draw- We'll drop all this in the show notes. Right. Exactly. So if you want, you could just go click details, you know, in the for the pod pod details, and you can well, find all this info. Maybe. I don't know. I kind of want you, you to listen to the episode. But either way, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I'll figure it out. Complete all of this before March 20th. And if you do, you get a multiplier times three of everything you did. So if you right. did three things, do it times three, you'll get nine drawings. If you did everything, you'll get fi- up to 15 uh, if you miss, if you happen to miss that, no worries. The actual deadline for everything is March thirtieth, and then we'll we'll uh, announce the winner on the episode. And yeah, it's a Regal Cinema, uh, so I'm imagining U.S. is probably the place to be. Uh, maybe Canada. yeah, I don't know. For we have some of that Tokyo listenership, and I just. I don't think there's any regals in Tokyo. I'm not sure how regal if works I were to international. Guess. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll figure it out. But anyway, please enter. Right. Please review. Please rate. Those are big things for us. Right. It'll really help us out. Um, really and we out. really want to give you these tickets. So, please, let's do they, it. They're they they're nice. They're the Costco brand. Like, they're the good ones. <laughs> good. They work. Oh, uh, I should probably mention, they are not going to work for IMAX or 3D shows. They're just the regular Right. Shows. So, these tickets work for the base showing. And if you would like to see 3D or IMAX, you have to pay the difference, which generally is not that much. So, if we're giving you the tickets, you're only going to pay 5 maybe $10 for the difference. Um, but at least it covers the yeah. majority of your ticket. So that's right. like the small writing but, on the commercial. That's the small writing. I mean, that's just, But like, yeah. how, how easy is it to just do that stuff just for like a free yeah. movie? Super, like, super that's super easy. easy. Yeah. And you yeah. get to see Black Panther for free or whatever you want to watch for free. Um, right. So yeah, please, please, please do that. Uh, I think that's... You go see those Oscar movies that are back in town. There you go. That's right. Uh, so I think that's... I mean, we've ruined The Shape of Water, yeah, but... Right. Yeah, no need to watch that one. Piece of shit. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, No, that's great. Um, So I think we're good. So if you have any questions um, or opinions, comments, whatever, send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our Facebook page, like we said, to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any past episodes. And please take some time to rate it, say something about it. We want to hear from people. So please, please um, say something. Um, If you'll... Let's see here. Uh, you can also follow us on Letterboxd at Jaquino, J-A-K-I-N-O for Jacob, and Hyperion Creator for me, Keith. Um, these are on Letterboxd. We, I I try to review every movie I watch, even if it's a small one. I try to keep track of it. Um, Jacob's got a list going. I, of... I, I started going, but actually I changed mine to J.C. Fultz 24. Oh. So that's mine. Okay. Having could. Uh, Kino in the, there felt a little too pretentious okay. for my taste. So not so Jekino. I'm wrong. It is J.C. Yeah. Foltz, F-O-L-T-Z, 24. Lie. I kind of was turned on by the pretentiousness. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I expect you would Put be. your tissues away. It's <laughs> uh, so, okay. So Mr. let me start Mr. this Phantom over. Thread let me start this over going to take the Oscar. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Letterboxd <laughs> at J.C. Foltz, 24. 
for Jacob and Hyperion Creator for me, Keith. Uh, I know Jacob does pretty good on reviewing everything he does. I try to review every movie. He's got a I list. Started, I started doing it. Okay. It's actually kind of nice. It is. Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of fun giving like a little thing because like I, I started trying to do more like uh, like here here's like a reference for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like, like a it's not a on the movie. it's not a Robert Ebert Robert Roger Ebert review that's in depth of like five paragraphs. A lot of our reviews are like first impressions. Simple. You know yeah. stuff like that because um, that is what a review is. Re- yeah. Reviews, it, people who like get super deep into it, and it's like, what are you getting deep? It's, on? it's like you, you're you need more time yeah. to like let the movie sit. It's a bunch of horseshit most of the time. Um, so we try to we, keep it simple. Right, we try not to give you horseshit. Exactly, uh, maybe cow shit. We'll give you cow <laughs> shit, but not horseshit. Jacob will give you cow shit. We have better. Uh, so next week we'll finally, finally be covering the MPAA, which we've all we've kind of talked about in like a lot of our episodes, the majority of our episodes, yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll finally actually be covering it in depth with the films, bad education. And this film is not yet rated. So again, bad man, education. What and what? It's what a pairing, man. Almost over. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. Right. Um, bad, get out the tissues. Bad education. Yeah. And this film is not yet rated. Uh, and this film is not yet rated. It's pretty viewable on a lot of platforms. I'm not sure. So sure about bad education, but Please watch those films to be a part and of the And preferably watch the NC-17 version of Bad Education, not oh, the R-rated version. It, we, or we watch picked both. This, or watch both, yeah. Be, be a trooper. Yeah. The, the whole we, po- we picked this movie for the NC-17 right, yeah, right, version. Yeah. So yeah. watch it for we're gonna talk about why rated yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about why it got these ratings and, and, and stuff like that, and the differences and stuff like that. So be sure to watch those films to be a part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. See ya. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>